Terrible Warriors are funded by Patreon supporters at patreon.com slash terriblewarriors. Today on the Terrible Warriors, oh, did you think we were done with that last campaign? We return to Masks, the new generation. We return to Halcyon City, that city of heroes. But this time, Justin brings together a whole new table of players with new masks to choose and a new city to save. How will the exact same improvised game play out with a completely new set of players? Well, true believers, let's find out. Because those new players who will choose new masks and save a new Halcyon City, they are your terrible warriors. Welcome to the Terrible Warriors. I am your game master here on Tuesdays for the show. I'm Justin Eacock. We are still going to play masks because it's uh, it's not done. It, it didn't finish. We, uh, we, we, we played through the first game, uh, but the truth is I wanted to give it a try where we've been playing all these apocalypse powered by games and enjoying how they play. But what's really interesting is how different they turn out every time you play them. So rather than play a different powered by apocalypse game, we're going to play the exact same one again. He's and, lying. He made that and, up. And Derek actually told him when Mask came out, I have to play this game. Well, yeah, that that too. Derek really wanted to play the game. And so I just also, like, co- you know, just kind of forced in a we voted for masks on Patreon. Oh, yeah. by, by the way, guys, I'm Derek the Bard. I'm physically here in Toronto what? right now. How are you? Ah! This, this isn't your day, Derek. This isn't your day. And meanwhile, over on Norlandia, I've got I got uh, Shane, also from Edmonton. We're taking over. Get back to your date. <laughs> you belong on Thursdays. The West will rise again. Okay, yeah. Okay. So the true story was uh, Derek wanted to play masks, and I promised him that we would play masks together when he came to visit. However, then I played a little uh, gambit on Patreon where I also added masks as a, a option on our poll, and lo and behold, y'all picked masks. So I was like, okay, I I, I want to honor the poll on Patreon, but I also want to honor my promise to Derek because he's my friend, and so uh, we are just gonna play masks twice. Which is kind of cool, too, because the truth is I also do want to see how this game plays out the exact same way with a completely different group of players because of the way that the game is improvised and 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 planned for uh, seemingly on the spot. So around this table, you already know Derek's here because he did that. Uh, we are joined by four other players. So four three players, players, three other players. Shh, get back to Thursday. I will beat you with this playbook. To my left, your right, we have joining us again. Ah, it is I, Scott. Nice from uh, yeah, hey. Apparently, I was turned into a statue on the last game I was here, which yeah, I was I not think, actually here. Yeah, that but, definitely aired already. Uh, um, yeah, it aired months ago. Uh, you, uh, uh, you were because you left. Salchar was petrified by a Medusa and uh, carried down into a tomb. Uh, we did rescue you. Oh, okay, uh, thank you. You're still petrified, but apparently, you're gonna live. Uh, but unfortunately, Steve's character was also petrified, and the Medusa crushed his uh, stone head. I didn't trust um, him anyways. And uh, I That's think what you get for fel- for falling to the temptations of Dave. I think Thumper <laughs> was able to cure the curse that was going to have his head turned yes, into a you, skull your, and fly away. Yes, your curses away. were cured. However, Andrew Rempel's curse as Chad Bobson was not cured. Even though he was turned into petrified monster or whatever, uh, his his skull still broke th- free from the. Stone statue and is now flying through the air as Volsar. So, well, <laughs> that's a thing that's happened. Well, at least I'm only petrified. I am a. Uh, I will live again to load bows and 
and hopefully miss, shoot them and miss them all the time. Uh, we actually had someone on our uh, Terrible Warrior website uh, comment on the episode with some rule adjustments, saying like you're doing things right, but you actually have a few extra dice you could be rolling. I actually, I, after, <laughs> I, I realized that afterwards. I'm like, oh, oh, no. oh I'm actually effective. <laughs> um, and new to the show, uh, Derek brought in uh, one of his own as a, a backup ringer player. Uh, welcome, uh, Bernard. Uh, hi, yeah, I'm the noob. You're the new, but uh, you're. Uh, tell me about yourself, Bernard. What do you um, like? It your favorite color. What did you do on Friday morning, Bernard? What is your uh, name, and who do you do? What and I did on Friday morning do? is Derek and I ran uh, Mage the Awakening at uh, Canada at Midnight's National Con. Yeah. Bernard is the only actual person on Terrible Warriors other than Connell who can make any sense of the Mage the Awakening game that I ran. Because awesome. he was there for it. That's awesome. Yeah. Donald cool. Trump was a mage. Yeah, that works. That happened, too. Yeah. Cool, so it was a good weekend. Good weekend. Oh, yeah. All right, good. It was the best weekend. What are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about, Bree? You weren't there! You were stuck playing Shovel Knight with me. Yeah, By the way, Bree's here. Oh, yeah, Bree's here. She's back. I'm back. I'm back again. You're also on Norlandia, so we're like on Yeah, I'm just, I'm just here the all the time now. Yeah, just getting, yeah like, Justin's sick of me. It's you kind of crashed on the couch, and then you're not leaving now. No, that's it. I live here now. Okay. Circus Hobo. Circus Hobo. Yeah, Circus Hobo. I left for a year. That's why I wasn't around. I was a full-time circus performer for a year. Now I've done that, so now I'm here. So You're Masks 2, there's a good chance if you're listening, you might have listened to Masks 1. I don't want it to be a mandatory requisite. I'm hoping that these campaigns will play, that you can listen to them in either order, because we're going to go through the same process. We're going to create our characters and, and, and our origin stories, only because, uh, it, has anyone here other than Derek, uh, well, <laughs> you've played a Powered by Apocalypse game, but not mm-hmm. since Monster Hearts. Yeah, yeah, not, not and, since Monster Hearts. I know but you know what you're doing. I, here. I did the sprawl. Yeah, and Scotty, you haven't, no, you I haven't, haven't played Powered by Apocalypse. No. you haven't played Powered by nope. Excellent! We're gonna introduce you to this thing. Woo. So, powered by Apocalypse games are more story based uh, than uh, than combat or dice or strategy. It's 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 more of a an emphasis on freeform role play uh, with um, uh, characters rather than classes. You pick archetypes, and uh, these playbooks um, are they'll, they'll they'll let you know what your role will be in the story, but they're very vague in terms of exactly what powers you have or exactly how you fit in because that's up to you to come up with that uh, narrative structure and then you'll see uh, moves you'll be able to pick I've given everyone playbooks with their basic moves uh, we'll we'll review them again so that you know uh, what is happening uh, before we get to all of that got to step one we got to pick our playbooks so I have here um, in our first game uh, Erica played the outsider, and Ori played the transformed, and Jen played the delinquent. They're not in this game. You yeah, really just toss them on the floor, yeah. and and we're we're not going to deal with uh, those playbooks uh, or even that world in classic comic fashion. Uh, this does not take place in the same universe as the first game. Uh, maybe it will, but that'll be up to you uh, and the characters you pick. Uh, this is like, uh, what did I call it? Um, the 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 dates that we recorded it on the first one was uh, uh, two one seven was uh, was was Halcyon City and this is Halcyon City three one five or whatever the days date it's is. Halcyonburg so we're uh, we're 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 in another version of Halcyon City uh, with another version of heroes some familiar but some different uh, uh, to fill you in on the world before you pick out your character Halcyon City has been around um, think as long as New York City right. Uh, 
it has since the 1920s, though, been the place for heroes in the world. When the first heroes revealed themselves, there had always been metahumans on Earth through history, but as a superhero, it began in what is now known as the golden generation in the 1920s to the 1940s. And they... Um, or 30s to the 1950s, and they existed as the first heroes. They're the ones who fought the war. They're the ones who got through the Depression. They're the ones who began the first real uh, journey of, of what we now know as superheroes. Uh, they, uh, for the most part in Halcyon City, are either retired or passed away, um, with the exception of a few metahumans that uh, are still around. Uh, but for the most part, the golden generation is remembered, and uh, remembered for their legacy and for what role they played in, in, in setting things up. Then in the 50s to the 70s came the Silver Generation. Uh, those heroes are still around today. They were the ones, though, that if the super-powered heroes from the Golden Generation showed the world what heroes could do, the Silver Generation notched it up to 11. Uh, this is when real powers came into play. These are characters like Silver Streak, who came from uh, intergalactic uh, destinations and fought time-traveling uh, warlocks and uh, world-ending events. Things got Cosmic. Things got multidimensional. Things got very big. Aliens began landing on Halcyon City. Halcyon City is now full of architecture brought in by other timelines and dimensions and alien cultures. Technology that doesn't exist anywhere else on Earth exists in Halcyon City. And those heroes are still around today. The Silver Generation heroes now are more the, the, the CEOs of major corporations, the presidents. They're, they're the ones still running the city. They're the, the most powerful, most influential characters in the city. Uh, in the 70s into the 80s uh, and early 90s came the Bronze Generation. With the power of the Silver Generation, they weren't going anywhere. They weren't giving up that power. So the Bronze Generation had to fill in the gaps that the Silver Generation created. Uh, they began fighting more for social changes. They began fighting more, again, for the little guy. They remembered what the original heroes were fighting for, where the cosmic heroes of the Silver Generation were battling aliens from other worlds. Well, what about all the collateral damage back home? What was What really made a hero? And what about that gray zone? And that's where the bronze generation. It wasn't good versus evil. It was all gray and it was all, these are the anti-heroes. These are, it's the Frank Miller era of, 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 yeah. of, of superheroes, <laughs> right? And they, um, uh, these are heroes that uh, would have been more like the Punisher uh, or, or again, uh, uh, Return of the Dark Knight kind of stuff where they're not, are they, are they heroes? Are they doing good? <clears throat> Maybe. Uh, they're still around today, uh, certainly, uh, but unlike the Silver Generation, um, they're not, uh, necessarily all well thought after. Same deal with the villains. There's golden, silver, and bronze villains uh, in Halcyon. The golden era villains are kind of lame and hokey and campy. They got ridiculous names. Nucleopatra was one. Nucleopatra. And, uh, so good. And, the and, best. And, 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 and then that continued into the silver generation where those villains were time traveling and robots and aliens and they're, they're like planet destroying eating entities. Uh, and then the bronze generation are uh, sometimes they're former heroes and sometimes they're, uh, they're more like hush. Uh, uh, they're covered in bandages and uh, they're, uh, they're, they're darker, uh, more more. Grand Grounded in, 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 a, in a reality. Um, you are a hero in the new generation, a generation that has not been given a name yet. You haven't 
had a moment in uh, the late 90s. We're the goddamn millennials. I was going to say we're the millennials. We're the goddamn millennials. <laughs> Although, I mean... That be our superhero like team name. No, we're the Can we just put it on the side of the bus? The goddamn millennials. So you you haven't you you haven't really you don't know what your place is going to be. You don't know every generation in Halcyon City has left its thumbprint behind. They have all done something as a group, as a community, to change the direction of the city. Uh, and now your generation is growing up into this. But unlike the other three, they didn't have three generations of heroes behind them telling them how to do things. Uh, the presence of these heroes is a central part of this game. They're here to influence you and push you in directions. They've all got an idea and some of them are conflicting with each other on what kind of heroes you will become. And uh, are you going to let them tell you what to do or are you going to decide that for yourself? That's kind of the journey that these characters go on. Uh, unlike other uh, tabletop games, including other Powered by Apocalypse games, your statistics that you have to your character will not be static. They will be constantly in flux. You don't know what kind of hero you're going to become yet. So depending on the influence you hear from other characters and your interactions with other people in the game, uh, your stats are going to go up and down, constantly changing until you level up to a point where you can lock them in. Or, I know who I am now, and your danger stat doesn't change. Or I know what kind of savior I am, and your, danger, and your savior stat doesn't change. But where we start, it's going to be... You're all over the place. You don't know even the extent of what your powers can do. You're in superhero You'll tell puberty. me at the beginning <laughs> of your game what powers you want to have. But throughout the game, we can change that. We can we can push your powers to the limit. We actually will roll dice. We'll see just how far those powers go. Maybe you don't just have telekinesis. Maybe you can teleport things with your mind. Maybe you can launch things into space. Maybe you can stop time. We don't know everything. That, and that will come down to, to sometimes rolling those dice. Um, and so it's, it's, it's got that Teen Titan push to it where uh, not all of those heroes really they, – they, they know what they can do, but they, they've never been pushed so far that they've done something they didn't expect. Um, and that includes uh, even like collateral damage and violence and stuff <laughs> that comes from it. So, Oops. I did a thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that, that was that's literally a, a quote a from, from uh, the squad. No, that, that's a quote from the Suicide Squad. One of our characters had the ability to animate objects, so he rolled to animate a dumpster. Uh, <laughs> and he accidentally sent a dumpster off to fight Wonder Woman. He accidentally created a dumpster that had a comparable, at least temporarily comparable, strength stat to Wonder Woman. <laughs> and, 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 and the went out the went trash. Two full rounds it went against two Wonder rounds Woman. against Wonder Woman before it was dispatched. <laughs> and that was That's just awesome. not something that was that. supposed to happen. <laughs> so we have left... Uh, seven playbooks uh, to read through. So there's five of us, uh, so someone's going to read, or two of us are going to read two of the playbooks. Uh, I don't care which ones you, uh, just just pull one out. There are blurbs at the top, we'll just read them dramatically in your best melodramatic fashion. And then after we're done reading them, we'll I've put all the... i two. Yeah, okay. After we're done reading them, we're going to uh, uh, put all the playbooks back in the center and starting in order of arrival, which will go Bree, Scotty, Bernard, and Derek. Uh, we I will, voluntarily go last. <laughs> I have concepts for everything. Yeah. We will um, pick uh, to, uh, uh, one of these playbooks uh, to make your character. We'll go through the stats. Uh, we'll, go, we'll, we'll create the character. We might have to I'll, I'll pause and edit stuff out for the quiet stuff. It's fine. We'll take as much time as we need. Because there are also questions that have to be asked during character creation that involve the other characters at the table. So... The, there's, a, there's a few rules about your character while you're forming it in your head. You are young, at least if you're an alien race or you're from another time or whatever your powers, you are a youth. 
it doesn't matter exactly what age, but if you were human, you'd be between 16 and 20, uh, a new generation of hero in Halcyon City. Whether you grew up in Halcyon City or not is, is irrelevant. You are in Halcyon City now. And uh, the second rule is you are part of a team, and you want to be a part of this team. Regardless of your background, regardless of your struggles, regardless of your demons that you're fighting, this team is what you're fighting for. You want this. So we're going we're gonna to figure out, we're going to ask some leading questions to fill in how this team was formed. So, like, like, the delinquent was a troublemaker in the last game, yet despite her not wanting to be at school or her family or anything with the life, the team was something she always fought for. So that's the, that's the other step. The other side is life is sacred. Uh, your characters are not going to be taking lives in this game. You have a no-kill rule. If a life is taken, it's going to be a big fucking deal. Even if it's collateral damage from a falling building, uh, that's something that you have not taken a life. And you hopefully... <laughs> in this world, don't want to. There are other games we can play that deal with those gray zones and with those anti-heroes. Like, we're not playing the X-Men playing an oppressed group. We're not playing Monster Hearts where you're a secret villain. We're not doing that kind of game. This game is, you want to be a hero. You want to help this city. You want to be a part of this team. And as long as you're cool with those stuff, we can play in this sandbox and we can go with it. Because the problem, if breaking any of those rules, if you leave the team or you stop being a hero or you quit the city... You get rid of your playbook and you make a new character. That's kind of what happens, is you're, you're essentially retired from the story. Which is also, if that's where the narrative goes, I'm okay with. We've got other playbooks. We can create another character in episode two or three, four, and bring you, the player, back in, and your character just isn't around anymore. Uh, you'll notice even with uh, damaging, uh, you don't really take damage so much as you take on conditions. And if you take on too many conditions, you either are unconscious or you retreat or you just leave the scene in whatever narrative way makes sense. But your character isn't really going to be in mortal danger unless we decide this is what the story calls for. Again, not that kind of game. Cool? Yo, Understand? Cool. Any, any other questions? Awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So the very first playbook, I'll start it off, uh, and then we'll go around uh, clockwise. Uh, I, got, I got the legacy. This is uh, the legacy. You're the latest in a storied heroic lineage, a family that shares a name and a cause. Now, everybody is watching and waiting to see if you've got what it takes to uphold that tradition. No pressure, right? The Legacy is a character that comes from a long line of other heroes. In the case of Halcyon City, probably you're the fourth generation of this hero. Maybe it's like the Flash, where there have been other people who have been the Flash, and you're now the fourth. Or maybe it's more like a family line, and now the same name is being passed down because your father was Superman, and now you're going to be the next Superman. Uh, That's the kind of, this is what the legacy is. It might also be something more like Green Lantern, where they're not family, but they're a community that has now been brought into you. But for whatever reason, you come from a line of heroes, and you are the next one, and everyone knows it, and everyone's waiting to see what you're going to become. There's a lot of pressure in this character to live up to the name. Um, and uh, where there are, whoa, my phone's not on silent. That is real bad form, Justin. Come on. Um, uh, so if you want to play the legacy, that's the kind of character you're going to be. Uh, someone who, uh, it's not a character about secret identities. It's not a character about your, your, your monstrous powers or, 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 or you know, those, those things. It's, it's a character about politics and, and family and, uh, and, and the, the everyone knows who they want you to be. 
And maybe you don't want to be that kind of Batman. Maybe you don't want to be that kind of Superman. Maybe you want to be your own and make the name your own, just like they all got a chance to. But you're not going to get that chance because you got a lot of pressure on you. That's the legacy character. Scotty, what did you get? Well, I got, I'm assuming it's the Janus? The Janus. Okay, good. The Two-Face. So, wake up, breakfast, school, work, homework, sleep, repeat. It burns you up being stuck in this life, unable to make a real difference. That is until you put on the mask, and then you can be somebody else, a hero. The Janus is Peter Parker. Yeah, it's exactly yeah, the yeah, vibe yeah, I got he, off yeah. it. He is the Janus, 100%. The entire arc and all the powers and everything about the Janus is your dual identity. You have a secret identity. Maybe the team members don't even know your civilian identity, but your civilian life certainly doesn't know your heroic identity. As the game goes through, maybe part of your moves is revealing your identity or playing as your alter identity while you're presenting, like when Peter Parker acts as Superman or Spider-Man when he's not wearing his mask or when he's acting as Spider-Man but he goes to save Aunt May. He's doing a Peter Parker thing, right? So there's those those play into your character a lot, Those that tug and pull of these two lives. And, I mean, if you're playing it right, eventually it's going to tear your playbook in half because you're going to be trying to keep these two worlds separate but still protecting them because they're both they're both who you are so if 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 the secret identity arc is something that really appeals to you do the janus because one problem we had in the last game with the delinquent and the outsider is they were both playing characters that wanted to live these two lives but that's not what those playbooks do Uh, the delinquent had her civilian life except i made it clear her dad knew what she was doing and the people at school knew what she was doing that she wasn't wearing a mask she didn't have a secret identity this was more like tony stark having a press conference saying i am iron man uh this is this the only playbook that deals with the secret identity trope is the janus other characters can have secret identities it won't be a focus of the story cool all right evanard what'd you get i got the protege nice you have proven yourself to an experienced hero they think you've got what it takes They've been training you for a while, and now you have to decide. Do you want to be them, or will you find your own path? When I first read The Protégé, I thought this was Robin. Except Robin's more like the legacy, actually, because there's a long line of Robins, and maybe one day they'll become Batman. That's a long line of people who one day become Batman for a bit before Bruce Wayne came back. The Protégé is a little bit more like Daredevil and Stick. The Protégé's mentor might not even be a superhero is just the protege's character, the playbook, is all about your relationship with the person who taught you everything. It's Batman's to Ra's al Ghul in the Nolanverse. It's the uh, uh, it's Stick and, and Daredevil is the best example I could think well, of. It, it actually is technically supposed to... It's The thing with this game is there's several archetypes. You have your Mr. Miyagi. Yeah. Yes. Se- several playbooks can be used for multiple Oh, yeah, there's, there's a lots of the overlap. The protege is one Batman story. The legacy yeah. is a different Batman story. Well, exactly, story. right? Both Robin can fit in the protege and the legacy, but what aspect of that character do you want to focus on? Do you want to focus on him being the next line of Robins, or do you want to focus on his relationship with Bruce? The protege is a relationship with Bruce character. The yeah. protege is your mentor is going to be a very uh, pushy subject in the story. They're going to be interjecting themselves into the arc all the time, not just guiding you, but like putting you in a hamster maze to push if, you into the person molding you into the hero they if, believe you should be. Whereas if you're playing the legacy uh, using the Robin example, you've got... Nightwing, you've got... Uh, you've got the family you've got around you. Oracle. Yeah. You've got you, all of these people Alfred, from the family. You've got all these people. They're and they're all, all offering you unsolicited advice all the goddamn time. And they're all different. Time. They're all different advice. Imagine being Flash, 
like the new one, uh, Wally West, and having all the other versions of Flash telling you who to become. They've all, they're all completely different. They've all got different motivations. Hell, one of them wears an army helmet. They're all different. What, what Flash do you want to, that's the legacy. So, so the, you're right, there's a lot of overlap we'll see uh, with the Janus, the protege, the legacy. You could even legacy. play uh, the Janus as Robin almost. Of course you could, but then that would be his relationship as being Dick Grayson and Robin. Yeah. And, 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 and his love life and his heroic life and, and, and how do you separate those two, right? What angle do you want to do? You can be the same hero for all three of the playbooks, but what story do you want to read? Yeah. So that's, Absolutely. to give you an idea, these don't, these aren't going to lock you into a specific type of hero. They're going to lock you into a specific type of story. Yeah. So that's the, the protege is kind of cool too, because that's really the relationship between you and your mentor. Do you want me to read both of mine or? We'll do one and then we'll go to Bree and then I'll sure. read my second uh, and then we'll read your So list. I'm going to start with the bull. You're big, strong, and tough. You know what fighting really is and you're good at it. Sure, you've got a soft side too, but only show that to the people you care about most. Everyone else, they can eat your fist. Uh. So the bull is your uh, the passion character. They're the character who's all, uh, uh, when you make the bull, you'll be des designating a rival and a love uh, at all times. And, and maybe the love is the bad guy. Maybe the rival is your best friend. It doesn't, like, however it fits for your personal narrative might not fit the... The, the bigger picture narrative, but you're always going to have these characters that are like you're obsessed over. And, uh, and, 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 and this is a character who is, is run by their passion. They're always they're, acting bullish yeah. into, into, into situations. They're also the only archetype in the game that has locked in powers. Every other archetype offers you some choices in how you're building your powers. The bull is one specific set. Yeah. Which well, is, it's strength. Yeah. Now, how you do that is completely up to the player. Yeah, exactly. Are you cyborg and you have your strength through augmentation? Are you Hulk and you have your strength through freaking out? Uh, like, that's kind of up to you to, to, to navigate. But the point of playing the bull is you're playing a character who is all about their passions, both the good and the bad. They are characters yep. that don't know their own strength and don't really know how far they'll go to save the ones they love and to hurt the ones they hate. So that's that's a character that they're always seeing red. And then uh, how do you want to play that out? Uh, do you want to play a character who's just a ticking time bomb waiting to maybe literally explode at any time? Uh, that that would be the point. Wait, are you just describing Mr. Furious? <laughs> maybe, I don't know. So uh, the, uh, the playbook, uh, if I were to flip to it, uh, they do have like specific, uh, like where these characters were yeah. influenced um, from. Uh, the bull, one of them was X-23, as I recall. Yeah. Mm. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. So that gives you an idea. In, in any case. Moving on to Bree. Bree, you got. Hi. I've got the Nova. You're a font of power. Channel it, and you can remake the world into exactly what you want. Unleash it, and you can do miracles. It's wonderful and terrifying. Lose control for even a second, and other people get hurt. So the Nova is all about their power set. The Nova is your Jean Grey. Your Jean Grey, even Superman, uh, mm -hmm. or at least young Superman. Um, uh, but yeah, you're you're the or Doctor Manhattan, right? Like That's true. the Nova is a character who, if if the Nova is going to be in the story, it's going to be about powers, and it's going to be about the extent, and 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 the, there's there's going to be like all these other people could be Green Arrow, Nova can't be Green Arrow, right? Like this is a, a this is a character that is all about they have godlike abilities, 
and they don't know how far it goes, and maybe there is no limit to how far it goes. How far, like Scarlet Witch, you know, to the point, do, can your powers remake reality and, and re- rewrite reality? How, how far do those powers go? Or are they such a danger to yourself that you're more like Legion and, and, and you lose touch with reality because your powers are so out of control? Uh, you spend all of your time as the Nova in yourself. Uh, your story will be about you keeping yourself under control because you don't know what will happen if you were to open up those floodgates. And so all most of these other characters deal with their relationships with other people. The Nova is dealing with their relationship with themselves and dealing with their own personal focus. A lot of your moves are about focusing yourself so that you don't hurt everyone around you when you try to just... You want to be a scalpel, you end up becoming a broadsword. And, uh, you know... You don't want to bring a broadsword to a surgery, for God's sakes. That's just really messy. That's just not how you do surgery. So that's, if you're interested, uh, what the Nova uh, is all about. Got two more, and then we're going to pick out the characters. The Doomed is the one I've got. Something about your powers dooms you. It's just a matter of time before your doom comes for you. Until then, though, you've got a nemesis who needs fighting, a world that needs saving. After all, it's better to burn out than fade away. Remember how I said the game isn't about dying and death and <laughs> fatality? That changes if the Doom is brought in. The Doom is a terminal character uh, from the beginning. There's something on here that has a Doom track. Maybe it's a curse. Maybe it's a bomb. Maybe it's a disease. Maybe it's a prophecy. Maybe it's like Buffy knowing she was going to die if she fought the Master. Maybe it's Harry Potter and Voldemort's prophecy. Or maybe it's something more maybe your powers like are killing Wolverine's you. adamantium yeah. is just poisoning him. And, and there's just – there is something about your character where you will die. It's not if. You will die. That's the point of this character arc. When you die depends on – how the story plays out. As you use moves, most of your moves advance your doom track. Few of your moves retract the doom track. So as you're doing stuff, you are choosing to use your powers now to save your friends, but in doing so, bringing you closer to facing your end. Um, I don't know if we'll touch on the end of the doom in our four hours, but uh, it's entirely possible. Uh, It depends on you. But either way, um, as the doomed, you know you're going to die. And it's about playing out that darkness that goes with that. And, and also appreciating the life that you have and, and playing up the part of, like, what you're going to leave behind and what you're fighting for. Again, I, I keep thinking of Buffy in season one. You know, she was fighting for school and for her friends, but knowing that there was this end and she was going to do everything she could to put it off. And yet that just means as a game master, I keep throwing everything at you to force you to be like, you got to step up and save these people, even though you don't want to die. Uh, you're going to keep doing this and you're going to keep using the Doom track because it's the kind of person you are. Um, dark, sure, but doesn't have to be grim dark. Uh, this can be a very beautiful character if played delicately. Um, it's an interesting one. Uh, not as de- I actually found the delinquent to be the most difficult one here in the book. Yeah. And I was really dis- I was like, oh, I don't the know how to do you. delinquent requires a, a commitment from the player to be an asshole. And to yeah. constantly be an asshole. Yeah, and 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 a commitment from the GM. I I too didn't um I didn't throw enough challenges into the delinquents' commitments uh, and and challenges and and push. I was supposed to really spend a lot more time um, throwing challenges at her, but I mean, I've only got four hours. I mean, I'm not I'm not gonna have time to deal with all of your spotlights. It's just gonna have to get used to that. 
Yeah, but then again, we also wanted to hear more about uh, the supervillain hiring all his minions via Craigslist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And 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 a, and a, and and the worst of the dinosaurs. The worst of the dinosaurs. I'm a brontosaur. I wanted to be a cool. I wanted to be like a tyrannosaurus at least. I'm a brontosaur. We have one more playlist. Appropriately, it's the most mundane. You don't have to do this. You could probably have a safe, decent, simple life. It'd be nice, but come on! Superpowers, aliens, wizards, and time travel. You're out of your depths, but who cares? This is awesome. Everybody should try it. That's the beacon. The beacon isn't mundane. I don't care what Derek says. But the beacon has no superpowers. The beacon has no business being in this story. There is a wealth of evidence that this is a bad idea. Beacon doesn't care. Beacon's going to be a hero. Beacon's going to fight with the heroes. The beacon is Batman. Uh, no powers. Beacon's Green Arrow. Uh, the Beacon's also that really creepy fanboy who gets killed in the first episode because he didn't leave the groups alone. Uh, the Beacon... <laughs> is all about team spirit, all about working with everyone else, all about picking up gadgets and making things work on the fly, uh, improvising things on the way, because the Beacon has no powers, and yet, because of Halcyon City and three generations of heroes, the Beacon, that all they want to be is a hero. Powers be damned. They're going to be a hero. And you're, one of their moments of truth is, uh, uh, which you can unlock later in the game. They all have a moment of truth on the back of the playlist. Um, the moment of truth for the beacon is like whoever you're fighting, you defeat. And you get to display it in like the most crazy fashion. Jaws are going to drop, but it's going to drive a lot of attention to you. So like that's a thing that you can do where like all of a sudden like all these heroes are up against Thanos and no one can stop Thanos. And then in comes Oliver Queen and like Takes him out. Or in comes uh, uh, Hawkeye. Girl. Hawkeye. Not even Squirrel Girl. In comes Hawkeye. <laughs> and somehow Hawkeye takes out Thanos. Right? Like, that would be the Beacon's moment of truth. Where they, like, I'm just an idiot with a, with, with, with a bow and arrow on a falling island surrounded by robots. I shouldn't be here. And then he has his moment of truth. Right? So that's, that's the Beacon's character. Um, so... Uh, who, who, who was I saying arrived first? Scotty. Scotty. Okay, oh my gosh. Of these playlists, we have, uh, the Janus, the Doomed, the Legacy, the Nova. Okay. Oh my the gosh. The Protégé, the Beacon, and the Bull. All right, Professor Oak. Um... If you don't want to pick one now and you want to defer and let's <laughs> see what everyone else picks. You decide to pick your archetypes, you traitors. Oh Choose your mask. Oh my oh, gosh. I, I mean, Bree is wearing your Team Rocket backs. shirt. Um, yeah, that was a, that was a mistake. Hail <laughs> Rocket! <laughs> I think I'll go with the Nova. That seems like it's going to be a very interesting one to play. Thank you. That's going to be a big power character. Yes. Uh, next up, we got Bree. Hi. Bree. Uh, I think I either want to play the Janus or the Beacon. So, secret identities... No powers. You could be the beacon of angst. <laughs> yeah, I think they're both. They both sound should, really angsty. It was literally like, yeah, the Janus was the first one when I read it that I was like, yeah. Because then you can be angsty at school. Yeah, I can be so angsty at school. You're so angsty. Bring it back, Monster Heart. <laughs> uh, Bernard. I uh, would like to play the bull. And the bull. Nice. Interesting. And finally, Derek, you have oh, the God. legacy. Nobody the picked any of the options that I was considering. Oh, so. These are all for you so on well. it. Oh, oh, it's, it's, oh, man. <laughs> Spoiled for choice. Do you want to roll a d4? Actually, I'm going to flip a coin between my uh, my two favorite options. Okay. Uh, heads, guy, go legacy. Tails, I go protege. 
that was Tails. I'm going protege. <laughs> All right. We're doing the mentorship. So, okay. look, there's got to be someone responsible on this team, and apparently it's me. I'm just going oh, to God, play. I'm going to I'm gonna have to do a third masks <laughs> because I really want <laughs> Did you really want me to pick the legacy, no, Justin? No, I, did, I didn't want you to pick the legacy. I just wanted the legacy. I just liked that character. But it's okay. I, I had a real story arc planned in the last game, and I don't this time. So, it's fine. It doesn't matter. Uh, we have, uh, I'm just going to... Can I write down on this sheet? Of course I can. Your printer is really good, Justin. Yeah, you're can I also say that the character designs that they put in this They're book beautiful. are phenomenal? They're so they, pretty. They, they look like uh, was it is it the is Tim guy? Did the Bruce Tim's? Bruce Tim. They look a little bit Bruce Tim's like. Yeah. Um, actually, they look of... more inspired by the Young Justice. Uh, yeah. Style. Yeah. Um, that wasn't Bruce Tim's. Uh, Bruce okay. Tim's did. Uh, no, he Batman did. He did Batman and the uh, Adventures Superman. of Superman and, and Justice League and, and stuff. And yeah. Batman and Superman. Yeah, but no, it's just the pictures are so beautiful, and they look perfectly. They look perfect for what they are. Yeah. And they really capture the emotion and the conflicts of the characters. Yeah, and I gotta say, the protege really struck uh, stuck out to me at first because she looks so awesome. So the good. design they picked for her was so good. I think she's supposed to be like the wasp or the bumblebee or the, something. Who, who do we have here again? We got, oh, of course, the, the bull is on this and the Janus is on the other side. Ah, I have to flip back and forth. Okay. Oh, appropriately two-faced. Starting the first Probing questions. So first bit here, you got you got to pick out your, your name of your hero, your real name, uh, especially for the Janus will be important. Um, and, uh, and then uh, have a here look. You see your look. You can circle one of these. Um, or or write in your own, but oh yeah, do you have extra pencils? And oh dice, yeah, yeah, Justin? yeah, yeah. Sorry, I got I got extra pencils. Justin's so ready. Justin, uh, well, none of the rest. In, of us in are. the Facebook chat, he explicitly said, "I've got pencils and dice with no, me." I've got everything. I also said you were welcome to bring your own. <laughs> I recall correctly. You got your own, uh, Scotty? Yeah, yeah. Yes, I do. So uh, yeah, have a look here. At, look, uh, circle one from each of those bullet points, um, but. Uh, if you want to write in your own, that's fine, but try and follow what it's doing here because the, the people who made this game obviously spent a lot of time trying to balance out so that the stories are here. While Derek is true that the bull is the most locked in, they're not all like any powers you want. Uh, you do are kind of locked into a limited selection of at least ambiguously described powers, but um, like not everyone's going to get teleportation uh that's that yeah. th those are unique to certain characters right Tele telepathy and stuff like that they're they're these are powers that will hopefully help push the kind of story that these playbooks are good at telling so uh, uh have a look at the the look and circle those and same thing with abilities um uh follow the instructions some of them say choose one or pick two um but but have through at what those abilities say and um uh I want to make sure I'm doing this. Abilities. Yeah. Uh, what about that one power? And then the labels. Um, the labels are uh, how your character understands their self-image. The labels are the stats in this game. Uh, they'll shift and change over the course of play. Uh, to give you a quick description, danger is you seeing yourself as threatening, strong-bodied, knuckled, and risky. Other people see you as a danger when they think they should steer clear of you because you might bring them harm. Uh, the freak label 
is seeing yourself as strange, unusual, unique, or powerful. Other people will see you as a freak when they think you're odd, unlike them, or something unnatural. Uh, the savior is seeing yourself as defending, guardian, and protecting. Uh, other people see you as a savior when they think of you as a noble or self-sacrificing or a bit overbearing and moralizing. Superior is seeing yourself as smart, capable, and crafty. Other people will see you as superior when they think you're the smartest person in the room. Uh, mundane is seeing yourself as normal, human, and empathetic. Other people see you as mundane when they think of you as all too normal and uninteresting, but comprehending and sympathetic. So those are your five labels and the five ways that people will view you throughout the game. Uh, what you get to do as a character, and I, I don't know if this is the same for everyone, but for the legacy that I'm looking at, a character creation, add plus one uh, to any of these labels. So you'll see yep. some of them are like highlighted uh, in the, the like uh, uh, in white. Uh, use a pencil if you can, especially Derek, because these are going to go up and down as we play through the game. So if you're one of those, you can advance by one, and uh, and that's going to go up. Uh, so the rest of the game, as labels shift, it'll always be one going up, and but one going down uh, to to scale, except through certain advancements. Um, and uh, and then and then I'll ask you which one uh, you wanted to increase. Um, uh, that's uh, picking your moves is the next one. So on the inside of your, we everyone has basic moves that are shared by every player. I gave you another pamphlet at the beginning of the game that had those moves, but each playbook has their own custom moves that are unique to their legacy. Um, they, again, they, some of them uh, pick for you, and then you only get a, like another choice. Some of them you get to pick two or three. Um, read through and uh, choose. Like for the legacy, I would only get to choose two of these moves. Um, so fill in the box and, and, and pick one of those moves. Uh, those moves can be changed uh, later when the characters advance. Last time we played, advancements happened pretty quickly. Um, and and like, I don't care. If you don't like one, you want to change it around, we can do that too. <laughs> um, and then uh, the, uh, uh, the questions that come up um, after that, uh, we're going to go through together. Um, also, uh, now that we, I didn't want to do it for every playbook because it would take too long, but I would also love to know what your moment of truth is. If you don't want to read it out loud, um, at least read it to yourself so you know what it is, so you can plan for it. Because again, that's kind of like where your character might be heading to soon. As well as you all get team moves. Uh, team moves, uh, whenever you share a triumphant celebration with someone, you then get to trigger that team move. Um, and, uh, and it's not just a high five. It's got to be something a little bit more intimate than that, like like a real moment of celebration. Like if the whole group is celebrating, then two people look at each other and then they have that moment together. That's when the team move activates. It's always targeted at one player, never at a whole group. And you share that that move that you can then use things to either uh, marking potential or influencing the changing of labels. Um, uh, that happens at the end of like battles or, or like overcoming a big obstacle. Um, and then when you're all ready with that, we will uh, do our introductions to our characters. We'll introduce each other to the table. We'll, uh, we'll fill in some of those questions um, and uh, maybe hand out influence at the beginning of the game. Um, and uh, uh, I'll come up with uh, a quick, like, free comic book day style intro that we'll then wrap the hour up with. Cool. Which is like, you know, their six-page moment. And then for more, tune in next week. Um, Episode zero, as it were. And, 
Because you're also going to have um, relationships that we're going to fill in, which we'll answer after we figure out our backstory, mm-hmm. and influence that's going to be handed out, which we'll answer after our relationships are figured out. And uh, is everyone feeling ready for I'm ready that? For, I'm ready for whatever. Oh. Bree is making hard choices in her life. I'm right making now. hard choices in my life, and it's very angsty. Okay, we're having perfect. We're having you're, a you're day. You're getting right into it. Having a day. <laughs> uh, what do I have here? I want to make sure I'm difficult choices. Okay, so uh, first, mostly I'm making difficult choices because I can't name anything because I'm the worst. Um. We'll do the when our first team came together questions immediately after we fill in our backstories. Okay. And I just have to. That's what I'm missing. Piece of paper to write on. Your because Jenny McScruffin. Because it's a powered by apocalypse game, which means I need to make flowcharts. Your powers are scruffiness. There you go. Done. Ferret girl. The version of Squirrel Girl. <laughs> ferret girl. Were you control ferrets? Yeah, it's, it's exactly ferrets. like Squirrel I mean, Girl. Admittedly, but only ferrets. It, it does offer me rodent control as a thing, yeah, but they're not does. technically it, rodents it, it, if we're going to be like super It deliberately offers technical. you essentially the ability to make Squirrel Girl because the Janus is the new iteration of Squirrel Girl. Yeah, yeah. I, no, the rodent control, I would genuinely say, I don't care if it's raccoons. Like, you can... Oh my god. Yeah, you I can should have taken that. Trash panda, just be <laughs> trash panda. Oh my god, can I just be trash panda? <laughs> yes, yes you can. Oh my god. You you have the proportional strength, size, cunning, and laziness of a raccoon. <laughs> laziness of a raccoon. Oh dear. The your ability to base in... is just the dumpster out back. <laughs> your ability to break into any green bin, no matter how locked. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's funny because outside of Toronto and, and a few North American cities, the war on the raccoon is just not a thing the rest of the world even knows is a thing. Uh, a friend of mine came in from the UK and was like, oh my god, a raccoon! And they were like all free. I'm like, I, Derek, personally find raccoons to be endearing and adorable. I love They're raccoons. They're an invasive species here in like big cities like Toronto where they've grown out of control proportion. We have the largest wise. raccoon population in the world here. Yeah, per capita, there are more. It's, it's crazy. You just gotta um, admire them, though. They're tenacious little buggers. They're the awesome. They keep coming up with new ways to keep them out of things, and then, like, you know, two or three days later, yeah. you hear another story of, yeah, they, they've got yep. a, they've, Well, our, our late yep. mayor famously stood up in front of council and explained that we, could, we, we can't let the raccoons win because he ran into one getting into his trash and it wasn't afraid of him and he was very worried when small mammals were afraid of him i've read articles <laughs> on i've read articles on the atlantic that are all about like studies that are all being done on urban raccoons versus uh rural raccoons and their brain chemistries are different and more complex and that there's learned behavior that is now being passed down through raccoon generations that is leading to like uh not an uprising of raccoons, but uh, but almost like a, a subspecies now of of super intelligent rodents. Yeah, that's so, what it, that's what a public oh education no, like, system will get. Yeah, like <laughs> I'm not I'm not kidding. Like I lived in the middle of nowhere and we had raccoons and they were like wild animals. And then I lived in a place where my partner and I would actually like rescue them from the dumpster and they just would get themselves stuck in the dumpster because they knew we would rescue them. So when we came with the two by four, because it was one of the huge dumpsters, to put it in, they would be standing there looking at us and when we started putting the two by four in, they'd reach their little hands up for it. Like they're like, okay, I'm ready. 
ready to it's leave the, the dumpster adorable now. Thing I've heard like, all day. They were so cute. I almost kidnapped one. Yeah, <laughs> we've got to have uh, the new re- when, we, when they inevitably remake uh, Planet of the Apes. It needs to be Planet of the Raccoons. So uh, <laughs> who are we going uh, with first for backstory? Shall we just go around the table from Scotty? Yeah. Hand me your hand me your book. I'm gonna. I want to ask you. Okay. I want to okay. ask you a few questions. Alrighty. Uh, you're playing as the Nova. Yes. Uh, have you come up with your name? No, I haven't yet. Have you come up with your real name? No, I haven't. Oh, I wasn't sure how okay. we were doing. That's the okay. Name we can thing we can yet. all work together as a group. You've su- suggested uh, that you're um, a white male. That's right. You have marked skin. What yes. does that mean? Like uh, scars? Scars. I assume that's what it marked meant with by scars. your powers. Yeah, that's why. Okay. Uh, well, it could have also been tattoos. As yeah, well, I was a, right? I was going more for for marked with powers. You're you're wearing a uniform and you have fashionable clothing. So you're uh, is that mean you come from money or you have? Um, or I just meant that I, I just uh, think of it. Yeah, he's a sense of style because he has his over import. He almost feels slightly over important because of we'll the powers. We'll work together as a group so. to suggest some names as we answer these backstories. So the first question here is, when did you first use your powers? Uh. I've, I was gonna. I was just. Yeah, I was thinking that I first used my powers when I was like preteen kind of thing. So I guess all the bodily changes are happening, and uh, it was like an emotional outburst that uh, I had. I was. I was probably about thirteen or whatever. It's just at home, and uh, obviously your p- parents uh, just took uh, my video games away from me one day, and I got. I got very angry. I don't know, and I just had an explosion of this energy, and I. Okay, so your parents were disciplining you. Uh, yes. So you, you, both your parents still live at home. Yes. And uh, do you want to give them names? Uh, sure. I will name them uh, Larry and uh, Edna. And uh... <laughs> not Martha. <laughs> no, not Martha. You guys, you guys are laughing, but I literally pulled up a like mundane name generator to name my character. I'm actually going to uh, veto Larry and Ed now. I'm going to go to our Patreon name. Oh, that's, a good that's cool. Let's do it. Um, you, uh, if you, if you don't want to come up with a name for your I character, I will pick any name. You it... are now going to be from the Prince family, and we're going to bring oh, back God, Stephen, Stephen Prince. Stephen Prince is back. Stephen, Stephen Prince. Prince is your dad. <laughs> your dad's a bear and a dolphin. And a murder victim in Norlandia. Yep. He's our, he he's got, our victim he in Norlandia. I don't, I don't recall what Stephen Prince was in uh, Hell on Earth. So, he's everywhere. Uh, I don't have... Anka doesn't have a last name. So you are Stephen and Anka Prince. Your mother okay. uh, is... Solid. We want an invite to the wedding. Anka. Um, <laughs> you guys, good. when you inevitably Sounds meet Eastern real life European. Now. Yeah, so uh, Anka and Stephen Prince... Uh, and uh, you are, your last name is Prince. We'll figure out. We'll What's this out. first mundane name that comes to your mind? Eugene. Eugene Prince. We just call you Gene for short. You can call me Gene. Okay. Because I'm a genie with these powers. Uh, oh my God. <laughs> You're going to be just Shazam now, aren't you? Oh, no. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Kazam. He's going to be Kazam. <laughs> Done. Uh, okay, so we'll we'll figure out your Nova name in a minute. So no, he's you first use your powers uh, in a, basically a temper tantrum against your basically a te- yeah thirteen year old uh, angsty temper tantrum. So the next question though, who was the first person you accidentally hurt with your own powers? Well, uh, the first person I accidentally hurt uh, it was probably my best friend. Yeah, uh, you know, just just one of those arguments, and still not really able to control my powers, and I kind of. Uh, What's your best friend's name? Oh, his name's Seamus. Seamus? Yeah. Shout out to the real one. The real best friend. So you oh, hurt great. Seamus. Your powers, you picked cosmic energy. Yes. So you're just throwing uh, Kirby bubbles at everybody when, uh, <laughs> when your powers unleash, aren't you? 
like stars. Kirby Crackle. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think of it more as in like that the translucent, almost like blast star kind of like uh, energy. Okay. So okay, so but you, you you don't know where it comes from. No, um, which is kind of awesome. Um, so you hurt Shane. I hurt him in a, just a an argument in school over whatever the latest collectible was God, at the time. A, you're, you're really uh, mad. Um, I was mad. He just upset me. He took. Sounds like you have anger card. management. So issues. the next question here, because uh, yeah. I'm, I'm writing, I'm getting a bunch of NPCs generated. Cool, which is wonderful. Who outside the team helps you control your powers? Who outside the team? Oh, well, my mother. Okay, so your mother is helping you with your powers. Yeah, I think so. Interesting. Helps powers. Maybe she's more connected to the origin of your powers than you realize. Um, why do you continue to use your powers after hurting your friends and almost your parents? Oh, well, I just started coming to that realization, uh, you know, hit that, uh, er- what do you call it, the age 18, 19, just start realizing that I, I should do something with these. I can do some crazy stuff, and I'm not yet certain about it. So uh, I started to try to focus it more so and... Uh, not have these outbursts, but uh, it seems rather difficult at the moment. So you just want to do just, something with I just want to do something. I'm not even sure yet. I'm still, there's no guidance yet for me. I'm not 100% certain where I'm going. I mean, you, 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 did you grow up in Halcyon City? Yeah. So you've grown up surrounded yeah. your whole life okay. and your whole parents' lives, if they also were from yeah. Halcyon, are, uh, have been spent in the shadow of heroes. Mm-hmm. You've seen other people controlling yeah. their powers. Not all of them, if any of them, have powers as powerful as you. Yeah. Um, so you just want to... I'm still, I'm still really unsure about the, the powers I do have as a, yeah. at my age, but I know I can do something great and, again... Okay, so with my mom. ties into the next question then. Why do you care about this team? The team we haven't created yet, but you're part of a super team that, that consists of these characters okay. we're going to meet. Why do you care about them? You're okay. unsure about your powers. You're unsure about why you continue to use them, yeah. yet you're still part of a team. I think I just, uh, I really, I enjoy the fact that there's other people I'm working with who have similar powers and kind of understand me and understand, understand that... Uh, Again, I'm learning how to use these still, which... So it's like uh, therapy. Basically, therapy. <laughs> Group therapy. Exactly. Oh, my God. Are we going to see the return of Dr. Baumgartner? Maybe. Maybe. Um, uh, Baumgartner, yeah. We, we, it's uh, a constant across all realities. Yeah. Uh, well, it did show up in at least two dimensions already. So um, why do you continue to use your powers? Why do you care about this team? Once you finish back, so introduce your character. Okay, okay. Immediately, okay, so we'll, we're going to go through everyone else's backstories, and then we're going to, when did your first team come together? Okay. And uh, you're going to have a question that I'll tell you what the question is, but you don't have to answer it now. Your question is, we destroyed our surroundings in the fight. Where was it? What did we destroy? Okay. Don't answer that now. We're going to get everyone's all the backstory, but that's a question you get to answer about the first time this team got together. Okay. All right? What did we destroy? Uh, and then you can fill in those answers if you want, if you remember them. Uh, Bernard! Uh, you were, uh, you're the bull, which is, uh, which is another one of those, like, for me personally, not really sure how I would play this playlist, which is why I enjoy that you've picked it, because it's something that personally, like, all these others I kind of get. The bull is just like, all right, how are we just not going to just have sex with everybody? Um, so you're Nick Easton. Uh, Nick Easton is also known, otherwise known as the Enforcer. Yes, the Enforcer. 
you've chosen to be uh, white male with battered hands, just from all the punching stuff. Uh, punching stuff, and it's when I get a bit more into the backstory, it'll come out. Uh, but yeah, definitely has calloused hands because he's got into a lot of fights even before he had his powers. Okay. Uh, casual clothing, simple costume. So this is just like do it yourself. You've made your own costume. You've like gone out here. Literally, he has kind of a brand. You just look like a bouncer. Or not even a bouncer. He wears a, a hockey jersey. Okay. You call yourself the enforcer, you're, Bernard. You have to wear a hockey jersey. So you're just, you're just, okay, so you're a hockey goon. I got it. Yes. Um, now, the abilities for the for the bull, I'll, I'll read for everybody. Like Derek said, it's kind of locked in. Someone or something changed you, made you into a perfect weapon, superhumanly tough, incredibly strong, and uniquely skilled at fighting. Decide how each of those abilities manifest. So, um... Something or someone changed you. Is that? A, is, are we going to get into that in your backstory? Uh, oh, yeah, it, it is. Uh, the, the first question is, who changed you? All right, so I imagine uh, Nick is being someone growing up playing uh, hockey, playing sports, and uh, there was a bit of a catastrophic injury, and uh, when he was taken to the hospital, uh, there just happened to be, you know, um, it's, it's a superhero city, so there uh, happened uh, to be like a mad scientist doctor what was the doctor's name? Do we want me to give you a name? I got a name. Sure. Doctor Apocalypse. Okay, Doctor Apocalypse. No shit. One of our Patreon guys wanted to use it. I got Big Mike's approval. Doctor Apocalypse. Is he crazy in German? He has to be crazy in German. Sure, he's a crazy and German character. Uh, big props to Big Mike for giving his blessing, and also to Connell. I wish you were here, uh, and to Jonathan Neeson <laughs> for suggesting we use this name instead of his for this game. But this is perfect. Doctor Apocalypse gave. You, your powers. <laughs> he, was, he, he was on duty that night. Who put him on the shift rotation? So, yeah, <laughs> it's it was basically. Oh, here's this perfect test study for my new drug. Um, yeah, can you give me an idea of what his voice sounds like, Derek? Just so I can uh, then impress him. Stereotypical, like German supervillain. Oh, yes, yeah, we have ways of making your blood no, 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 Your inferior science cannot compare <laughs> to the genius of Dr. Apocalypse. <laughs> so he comes in, he comes and into the, this room and like, I see you've been hurt quite badly playing a hockey game. We have ways of making you stronger. <laughs> you will never have a broken bone again. Oh, no. So that's sort of how he walks in looking at your chart. Yeah, yep. You're like so drugged up he on gets, morphine. He gets on the rotation because everyone is like, I'm sorry, is your name Apocalypse? He's like, no, it, it is pronounced you know what? Apocalypse. There might, be, uh, Bree, there might be another part of this arc on how Dr. Apocalypse ever got into a hospital <laughs> in the first place. Maybe there was some nucleopatra influence going on here. Maybe there was some changing. Maybe it was like temporarily taken over by villains and no one had a way and, and they they weren't able to rescue you in time. But <laughs> not just anyone changed you, but one of the villains of Halcyon City that are on like the top wanted list. He's obviously, uh, I want to say Dr. Apocalypse is more likely a he's golden. Sil no, he's is, silver Is age. he silver age? He's, he's sufficiently over the top to be silver age. Okay. Because it's that, it's that not even within the realm of possibility okay. science. Okay, so he's uh, he's definitely okay. So he's he's a silver generation villain. He's been around. He was for the a... villain in our uh, Spirit of the Century game. Okay. Cool. He's not the villain from the Spirit of the Century game. He's he's unique to this world, but the name from Patreon. <laughs> awesome. You're you were changed. How did you escape from them? Well, um, somebody in in the superhero community, in Apocalypse General Hospital, apparently. So <laughs> um, somebody. <laughs> Somebody in the superhero community eventually wised up and realized that there was a hospital being staffed by, you know, supervillains. And it's like a really over the top plot. Like, <laughs> I love it. Like, oh, it was a big crossover for like three months. All of the months. doctors 
<laughs> so there's this. Ma- I'm, I'm imagining this massive fight at the hospital. Supervillains and, and superheroes throwing each other through walls. You know, someone taking the brunt uh, so that the I pediatric ward this, doesn't get hurt. I want to call it like Code Red or something like like uh, like like Code Blue, like how they do yeah. in the hospitals. But I can't yeah. think of like the proper pun for what this comic book issue would have been called, where they broke free a bunch of people from the hospital, which was also used as a crossover no, event. No, it's flatline event. It's it was, called flatline. Oh, yeah, it was called, it was, it was a crossover event, yes, but it was also a way for the publishers to introduce a whole bunch of new characters as young heroes that escaped from the hospital. You weren't the only one. Like Perfect. X-23, yep. yeah. you weren't the only one created in this project in like this weekend of the damned, where they just like, Fucking you know. changed people. <laughs> so you just the, hate it when you have a bender weekend. You wake up, you've made like fourteen new superheroes. The hospital gets destroyed. <laughs> we just all kind of get up, wander away because hospital food is terrible, and we all went to McDonald's. Okay, all right. So, so you you escape from them because of a massive rescue attempt from multiple heroes working on multiple fronts. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, one of the heroes who rescued you is another Patreon name. Uh, he's one of the coolest heroes in the city. He's definitely from the Bronze Generation. He's very wicked and awesome. Uh, he was transformed when he was in high school in the 80s uh, at a travel to the Natural Museum of History when uh, he was uh, c- uh, collapsed under uh, uh, oh my God, skeletons. Uh, no, this is Spino Man, the coolest <laughs> of all dinosaur heroes. <laughs> So Spinal Man, the coolest dinosaur hero, <laughs> led the charge to rescue you all because he knows what it's like to be changed. And if anything, he's like, don't worry, kid. I've been where you are. You're going to be awesome. And and so Spinal Man, the coolest of all dinosaur heroes. <laughs> I'm, I'm imagining him as like this... Uh, this spiny back dinosaur man, but he's dressed entirely in like Macho Man Randy Savage outfit. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring on the Slim Jim. Oh yeah. Spinal Man now, after his like heydays in the '80s, and certainly after he rescued you about what well, we want to say like, was this earlier when you were younger, and you've had like a couple years to get used to this, or was this like last week? Uh, you know, make it maybe split the difference. Say about like a year ago. Or okay, something, so about or six a year months. ago. So, so he's already peaked as a hero. He was like leading the charge of the general, but he's also known like he's on billboards. He's part of a lot about a product placement. Spinal Man's T-shirt, Spinal Man games. He's got a Spinal Man rock album that he's put out. It's part of like uh, 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 Spinal Man and the Fossil Records, and they uh, <laughs> and, and 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 he's all like he's real like he's out there with the Monster Energy drinks kind of stuff, and uh, uh, he's like he's the, the, he's just the fucking coolest, and. Uh, uh, I mean, maybe he'll be around to help you navigate this stuff. Maybe he's just going to be a little bit too much in his own head. But uh, the coolest of dinosaur heroes. I'm really, sorry, pumped that I'm able to just bring these people in during our origin story. Because, again, thank you, Patreon supporters. Thank you. You're, I wouldn't have thought of doing the cool dinosaur. Sweet. Wait, did they literally note as the cool dinosaur? Specifically went, it would be great to bug Ori by making a really cool dinosaur. <laughs> So this is just our Halcyon City has a cool dinosaur hero. Not anything like that. We're truly we're in the darkest timeline. (laughs) Spinal Man. Spinal Man. Spinal Man does whatever a dino can. Uh, We got to ask more questions. Um, So uh, Enforcer, who outside the team tries to take care of you now? Um, I'm envisioning a... uh, Oh, I was just mouthing Dr. Baumgartner, but it can be anyone you want. Oh, if you want to do Dr. Baumgartner. <laughs> but I was just thinking, like, maybe somebody ran a skate shop and drives a Zamboni named Ralph. 
Ralph? Ralph the Zamboni driver? Yeah, Ralph the Zamboni driver. Is he like your, is he like your hockey arena Alfred? Yes. I thought you meant the is Zamboni the old, was named Is he the old Ralph? man from Mighty Ducks? Yes, he could be the old man from Mighty Ducks who runs the skate sharpening shop. Skate sharpening. I thought you'd name the Zamboni. I couldn't figure out why the Zamboni had a name, but the man didn't. Now, secretly, at some point, uh, he turned the Zamboni into a transforming suit of I'm power armor. Curious. Skate sharpening might play into it. Is your skin diamond tough? Uh, potent- yeah, sure. Is that how maybe you found out some of the, like, you 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 were, you were helping to sharpen the skates and, like, there was an accident and it should have sliced your whole arm apart and nothing happened? The, 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 in fact, the, 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 the sharpening tools ended up breaking under the, the resistance to your own skin. And then they started, like, you started taking, like, stuff with the, with the, uh, the skates. Oh, God, it's the Luke Cage so I, trick. And, and nothing, yeah. nothing's happening. You're actually bending the skates and, and over then, your own skin. Yeah, and, it's like Luke Cage skin. And that's why he takes care of me because I broke uh, so much stuff in his uh, in his shop that I'm that uh, the enforcer is now working off the. Uh, the <laughs> you just you <laughs> owe him so it's, much well, money. Well, he kinda, yeah, he's like a, he's like a bit of a Miyagi <laughs> thing because again, we're not playing protege, so we can't turn him into a uh, uh, into a really influential oh. mentor. But yeah, I mean, it might have started that way, but it's also like he's using it as an excuse to keep an eye on you as well. Uh, yes, there's the you got to pay off this shop, kid. But then there's also Sort of, I'm not putting you out of my sights either. So uh, it was, it was, it kind of works out that way where he doesn't have to, like, you know, show his emotions. Um, and so we got Ralph the Zamboni driver at the skate shop, and you're rescued by Spinal Man, changed by Dr. Apocalypse. Uh, you're, 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 you got a lot of people influencing you. Um, so why do you try to be a hero? Why did you, why do you try to be the enforcer? Because I'm assuming he's kind of like a goon when he played hockey. So he's always the person, like the Warren Zevron song about hit somebody, you know, you take care of the, the scores and all that. Mm-hmm. So he's always been somebody that's had a job of like, look, anybody takes liberties with your teammates, you go out there and you beat the heck out of them so they don't hurt our guys. So he has this kind of, and, and when he couldn't go back, you know, because maybe they could put a golden retriever on the ice, but superpowers, you can't play that. <laughs> there's an actual rule saying you can't play with superpowers. Yeah, there, there, there's actually, yeah, it's, it's still being debated in Halcyon City about metahumans being participating, especially in high school and varsity sports. There are certain leagues among the adults where metahumans are able to participate, and they, but they play more like MMA fight clubs where they just put in powers against each other. But stuff like hockey or baseball... Anything with the Olympics, uh, there's very strict rules against meta-humans um, uh, from participating uh, in – or aliens or time travelers, anything like that. You, you, but it's also meant that in Halcyon City, uh, professional sports like that are just not popular either because uh, who's got time to go to a baseball game when a meteor is going to Halcyon City's home of the heroes. Yeah, so. <laughs> Literally, that's like – that's our hockey yep. team's name is, uh, is the heroes. <laughs> yeah, but you also don't have any other teams to go against because yeah. there's no other city like Halcyon City. So uh, all the heroes in the world end up coming here. It, yeah. it, at least in this narrative, there aren't other places. We're not worrying about other countries and, and the way like this is Halcyon City is a Vatican. It's it's its own state. It, it's, it, it has its own affairs because it's, it, half the time it's not even on Earth. So <laughs> it's, it, a lot of things happen here. Remember that time in the 1970s it, when it just City. disappeared and it went to Venus for a week? So that kind It's of, Astro City. Yeah. Yeah. So, cool. Okay, so uh, you, you try to be a hero because you, you want to settle the score. You're looking out for the little guy, and you've got the, the powers to do that. Yeah. And, like, you got nothing to worry about because apparently nothing can break your skin. Yeah, and, you know, lack of anything else to do. My first love, I can't go back to it. So, uh, you know what? Um, 
I'll go take care of other people because, you know, I can't just sit around the house and watch Netflix all day. And that's the next question. Why do you then care about your team? Because it's the only team I can be a part of now. And, you know, I, I want to be part of a team because I've always been part of a team and I don't know how to function alone. And I think that ties in also with the Nova, who we already know is really afraid of hurting other people. And he can't hurt you. Right. Like there's there's this bit of like you are he is so powerful, but you are virtually indestructible. Um, it possibly can feel pain. As as but as far as we know, <laughs> nothing the Nova's done is put you in any danger, which is there, there's this sort of there's a care here. And the two of you are able to do that. As slowly the team begins to form. We've only got half of it figured out. So we will return to the enforcer and to our Nova character who we haven't figured out a name for yet. Um, Chevy. I had to hold that joke in for a while. Just <laughs> been bursting. Oh my god. Uh, okay. <gasps> uh, Derek. I, the could, I guess I should pass you my book. Yeah, it just speeds things up. I think I can remember everything I wrote on it. The protege. You are playing as Horizon Knight. I'm playing as Johnny Slade, the Horizon Knight. I'm just writing that down. We got Johnny Slade. You know, actually, uh, a friend of mine from high school, Johnny Scales, real name. I worked <laughs> with a guy once named Jackson Slade, and we kept telling him he should uh, he should get out of the restaurant business and become a private eye. Mm-hmm. You have uh, decided you're uh, uh, Hispanic Latino man, athletic body, casual clothes, colorful costume. So. Um, so Johnny Slade is actually half Hispanic. His mother, uh, his father is from Halcyon City. Um, his mother is a um, uh, scientist. She's an ecologist from uh, Bolivia. Okay. And they ju- they met at a conference at one point. His dad worked. Uh, my dad works at the university. Okay. Um, in the earth sciences department, and they ended up getting married. And here I am. So your your mentor, which we're going to get to in a minute, I'll ask you those questions. Your mentor's ability is detective skills. Yeah, my your men- own ability is powerful armor, and your shared ability is weapons and gadgets. Yeah. As a protege, your powers largely mimic your pro, your your protege or your, your Me- mentor, my mentor. But each of you is in some way unique. You, so you pick one ability that you both share, and one ability that each of you share that is uniquely yours. Yeah, uh, my mentor is a Silver Age hero. He's uh, called Captain Orion. Uh, he's, uh, his regular identity is Dr. Charles Pendleton. Um, he's a um, he's an astro uh, astrophysicist, quantum physicist. He's one of those guys who has like twelve different doctorates. Yeah. Um, and he teaches at the university. But he also is a detective yeah. on the side. Uh, well, what his um, his powers are based around the manipulation of what he calls horizon energy. Okay, we'll we'll, we'll get we'll, oh, we'll, we'll get to those questions. I just want to go to the first page first. Yeah. Um, your mentor embodies uh, the label of savior yep. and denies the label of freak. So that's going to be a, a real important part as guidance for me as a game master. You have a mentor, someone who's taught you, trained you, and given you aid or raised you, someone who might have confined you a bit too rigidly to a single path. And so they embody savior, they deny freak. Uh, and that's, uh, that's right there for me is a hook on, on pushing yeah. you between those two labels. Um, so the first question we have is, how did you first meet? Um, so when Captain I Captain Orion. Uh, so I am. My character is eighteen or nineteen now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got. Um, he skipped a grade. He started university at seventeen, um, and he literally picked up a part-time job um, as like a lab, like base level lab assistant sure. for this guy. 
um, out, out of probably like dozens of lab assistants. Yeah. And that's how I met him. But um, it was obvious that I was I was smarter than the average bear, basically. I mean, most of his lab assistants are in like their 20s. I'm this like slightly nerdy 17 year old um, who's just completely geeking out over access to all this energy research stuff. Okay, so uh, that's fine. Uh, when and why did you choose to train with Captain Orion? Um, so there, there's this story um, that Neil deGrasse Tyson tells about uh, Carl Sagan, mm-hmm. where he was just this kid, yeah. and um, he was uh, he got to meet Carl Sagan, and Carl Sagan had him over for dinner. And then it was raining, it was really shitty out, and Carl Sagan said, look, kid, like I can't just send you on a, on a bus back, uh, back to Queens or whatever. Why don't you stay over the night? And it was sort of like that, that... Um, uh, he's he's my Carl Sagan, basically. He yeah. uh, he had me stay over the night. He gave him a book afterwards. He signed his name onto the cover, and he sent him home. Made sure he got home safe. But yeah, but uh, like still, I'm uh, you know I ha- I had dinner with him. It's really cool. He's you know he's showing me all this stuff. Like this is what you can get if you go into the science uh, if you stick with the sciences. Um, and then I basically just came I came across his gear. Literally, I had insomnia in the night. Um, I got lost. You try- stumbled into the Batcave. I stumbled into the Batcave trying to figure out where the fucking bathroom was. <laughs> um, and that's when you learned that he wasn't just mild-mannered scientist, cosmic astrophysicist, Dr. Pendleton, but he was also famed Silver Generation hero, Captain Orion. Yeah. And, I mean, he's not even—he's barely even using this stuff anymore because, like you said, it's like the Silver Ages transition that they're more like the civic leaders almost. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's and more he, as a scientist. He's moved into uh, working with the government and with promoting science. There's other heroes who can fight those big fights. And every once in a while, though, he puts on, he puts on the Horizon bracers and the suit and everything and gets all his gadgets, and he solves crime. Mm-hmm. Or he works more like Oracle behind the scenes and yeah. having to like piece things together for other heroes who still have yeah. He, he's like him. the he's the big tech hero. Yeah. So uh, why did Doctor Pendleton even agree to train you? Just because of your lab assistant, your history, your aptitude, your curiosity. Yeah. You have something. Um, it was just he saw some kind of spark in me that um, mm-hmm. there was that potential there for me to be a great scientist. Uh, I could have been a good scientist, but with the right mentorship, I could I could be a great scientist. Who outside of this team knows about your training? Someone knows. Who does it? Yeah. Um, not my parents. Okay. Um, but I'm thinking that. Um, I think maybe like my girlfriend or something like that. Okay. Um, mainly because um, when I say colorful costume, it's it's armor and it's literally hard light armor. Oh, cool. Uh, so it's really hard for me to hide that when so, when I'm like, oh my god, the bank's being robbed. I'm gonna run away now. No, and it's the, more like. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, we're, we're like hiding behind. It's like, honey. I, I need you to, to you do basically, don't freak out. You just out. go through like a Power Rangers transformation yeah, and you turn it much. on and you just like pull out your power coin and, <laughs> and it grows over you. Uh, I'm imagining he has basically two bracers and like a techno belt buckle and then it just like, it slides onto him. Okay, so people know that you are uh, uh, Horizon Knight, but, but people who know you're Horizon Knight might not also know you're being trained by Captain Orion. Right. Right. So, so uh, is it just your partner, your girlfriend knows that you got training with Orion? Yeah, because she she's like, "What the hell, man?" So uh, we're not going to get into the Janus. That'll be Bree's job. But there is a bit of a struggle here of spending time with one person at the expense of another. Like, 
are you in basically an open relationship with Captain Orion? And <laughs> because like, how do you how do you balance your time and your and, yeah. and, 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 and all that? And they're like, I thought tonight was my night, kind of stuff. Um, uh, let's name this partner because she's gonna come. Sure, up. you're gonna have to rescue her. Do we have a mundane name off the list? Uh, not. I'm not really? dating Caesar Wolf, Justin. <laughs> I've spent too many games making that name the bad guys. No, you're either going to be or, or Josh Hastings. Um, <laughs> uh, we don't. Uh, so I'm just going to. Let's call her Cindy. Okay, we'll go with Cindy. Okay, cool. Cindy. Cindy. Cindy without the last name. Um, last question. Same question everyone else gets. Why do you care about this team? I need somewhere where I can... Captain Orion is really cool, and he's always encouraging me with science. But at the same time... At the same time... He, he, he's like, why the armor? I'm like, I, I built it myself. He's like, that's really cool. Have you thought about this application stuff? I'm like, yeah, but I want to focus on... This is my tech. I've taken his tech. And taking it, I'm trying to take it in my direction. You're not going to be the next. You're not. You don't want to be Captain Orion. You want to no. be Horizon Knight. Yeah. Yeah. You're not. And you're, you're not a legacy character. No. And that's the thing is, but he's always trying to push me towards his the way that he studied the science, yeah. um, the way that he invented it. And then I wind up on this team with this guy with cosmic powers, and I mean, holy shit! I really that that's that's like scientifically goddamn amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, so you just you, you, so why do you care then? So you you you're, you're, you you care about not working all the time the, with Captain these Orion. These guys but... let me be who I think I could be. Yeah. Okay. Not who Captain Orion thinks I should be. They accept me. Yeah, they accept me. Cool. All right. Uh, moving on to the final character, and I got to flip the page. Do you want to give him his book back yes. before you start taking mine? So we don't I did, I gave it back oh, to him. Oh, tell me you're oh, okay. doing Trash Panda. <laughs> I'm not. Oh, I'm not, I'm sorry. No. I'm sorry. That's it, we're done. Uh, no, that's it. Terrible no, Warriors, I, I, I've been your game master, Justin Eacock. Uh, join us next week when we're, we're never playing with Brie again. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to be Squirrel Girl because I've been reading Squirrel Girl recently, so I didn't want to just go like straight into... I want to be my own person. <laughs> Being judged really hard. I want you all to know that Who right are you now. playing? Um, so I'm playing, her name is Karen Shrub, is her name, um, and her superhero name is Obscura. Karen Shrub, Shrub, Shrub. S-C-H-R-U-B-B-E. Yep. Karen Trub, Trub, Karen Trub, Karen Trub. Yeah, this is, this Karen is the, like, Trube. the, the, Karen uh, substitute Trouble? teacher trying to take attendance. Karen right? Trouble? Uh, that's my life. Is that trouble like trouble? Yes. No, she's super unassuming. This, like, super unassuming tiny Asian girl that wears, like, two baggy clothes right. and everything in her regular life, right? So that when but she you then... But also known as. So when she's Obscura... Um, she actually wears basically just, like, skin-tight black, right, without, like, anything. There's no, like, face on the mask or anything. It's just, like, black. So you're just, like, a, like, you're, like, a black void. You're, like, you're a, a, a Like, a her silhouette. whole life in some way is about trying not to be noticed, right? Because, you know, at cool. school she's super, like, baggy and everything, and then when she's a superhero she's still kind of trying not to be noticed because so she's wearing told, entirely black. Well, in your, actually, the black hole uh, metaphor isn't uh, wrong because you chose energy absorption and supernatural mm-hmm. senses. So um, would that 
be just like energy, or would you also take like the kinetic energy of a bullet and be able to? I think it's take a little that power, and then like reva- re- it's a little bit of it? everything, right? Like if you snuff out a candle, so you are energy, hot, right? Like cool. if you uh, if you're not paying attention, you're really tired because you just pulled an all nighter to study for a test. See so who gets struck by lightning, take it all in, and then. But you it. could you could also grab someone and literally pull energy out of them, like so literally got, like, pull life out of them if you're she, not careful. She's got a bit of that rogue thing going on as well. Yeah, she's a little bit rogue, and then she's got a little bit of like you know when she was a kid, her parents thought there was something like horribly, horribly wrong with her because uh, everything was overwhelming because she's got these kind of supernatural senses, right? So like until she kind of learned to control it, and if she's tired again, like these are all things that can kind of go haywire and out of control. She's just hearing things that are yeah, really like far away, hear things that are feeling. far away instead of the lecture that's right there, yeah, the, the, and the beating of a fly. You know, all you the crazy. lights are suddenly too bright, and the computer screens are really bright, and yeah. You know, because cool. being cool. a teenager wasn't hard enough. Okay. Well, that's... Uh... I'm getting the sense that we're all, like, 17, 18. We're all, like, uh, older that's, teenagers. Yeah. That's also kind of... That's, that's a, again, because you're right on the edge of becoming um, your own superhero. That's a good age as well. Like, most of our characters in, in Masks 1 were also, like, just about off to college or into their even, like, real, like, 20, 21. So they were just ready to become yeah. heroes. And, uh, yeah, that, so it's, it's, it's a good age to, to figure that out. Um, Obscura, uh, you gave yourself danger. Uh, you pumped that up. Oh, who, what did you, Scotty, what did you pump up? Uh, oh, your, uh, I pumped your, your, your up uh, the Savior one. Savior. Uh, Bernard? Uh, savior. Savior as well for the bull? I did uh, Mundane. Mundane for the, uh, interesting, for the protege. Um my, so, my mundane was already like maxed, so yeah, yeah. yeah Protege, sorry, the, the the Janice comes in with mundane plus three. Yeah. Uh, so Janice again, interesting character. So when did you first put on Obscura's mask? Why? So it was kind of an early teenage thing. You know, she'd been dealing with a lot of this stuff secretly. You know, no one could really tell what was wrong with her. Um, you know, they just figured, you know, I don't know, maybe she's a little bit on the spectrum, you know, like we don't, we don't really know what's wrong with her. So in her early teenage years, she started to figure out what exactly was happening and what she could do. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was one of those things that, well, I don't want to do any of this, but that didn't work. Like it just started getting worse if she didn't do anything about it. So she said, okay, like, I guess I have to, I have to go actually do this so that I can then actually go to school in the morning and take my test. Right, because if I ignore that I can do all of these things, I I just like lose everything, and my grades start suffering, and like then my parents get mad, and I just I have to I have to go do the thing. Yeah, uh, and there's actually they they worked into uh, uh, the reason Spider Man in the Marvel universe cinematic universe wears the full mask, even though secret identities aren't like a huge thing. Except it's a bit. It's also to dull his senses. Uh, his eyes, uh, the goggles he made were done to prevent so much light from coming yeah. in and to help sort of like so he could focus because there was just too much going on. I thought that was really cool. Like, oh, that's why he has these really elaborate that's eye cool. that's masks really cool. things is is for the sense. So there's, there's, that was actually one of the things I was thinking of because if you get like a micro-punctured hood, right, it's like wearing sunglasses. Yeah, and I'm so. sure there's a bit of that going on here with Obscura as well. If, if your senses are so overwhelming, the suit you wear kind of numbs them to a point where they're like practical. Mm-hmm. And and you're able to now use them in a more um, tactical sense. Just so that things don't, like, suddenly pop up and distract you. Why do you keep your identity a secret, though? 
Um, because the powers are like weird and kind of creepy a lot. Like they can be really creepy. So, and it's not, this is not the thing that she wants to do. She doesn't want to be known as this like weirdo who can just like grab your face and pull your life out, right? Like she doesn't want to be that person necessarily. She does photography club at school and she wants to be a photographer. Like, every time you touch it, you absorb the, the Yeah, if you're not super careful, it's the worst. <laughs> whenever people take flashes of you, you seem to glow for a little while. Of all the well, that's why energy. I want to be behind the camera, right? The dark room is comforting. Yeah, the dark oh, room yeah, is great. It would be with right? all the, uh, yeah, exactly. That's a good point. So it's, it's like this is not sensory deprivation. Yeah, this is not what she wants to do. She wants to be Karen, right? She doesn't want to be Obscura necessarily. So Obscura is this thing that has to happen so that she can be Karen during the day. So why? Who outside of the team knows about your dual identity? Oh God, what did uh, I write? Hold I'll, on, I'll, give, I'll, I'll just tell you what now. she wrote. I got the page. I'm fine. Uh, your younger brother. Oh, my younger, younger brother, brother caught you. Yeah, my younger brother walked in one day. Like, I snuck out, and he heard me coming back in through the window and was going to do the whole, like, aha, like, you were sneaking out. Give me give me your Dreamcast today, I guess. And, <laughs> Dreamcast were... still exists in this world. It was beautiful. <laughs> um, you know, give me the game system for a week, and I won't tell mom and dad. And he walks in, like, just as she's pulling the hood off and just goes, you're obscure. I saw you on TV. Yeah, it's just like, ah, uh, and just leaves. You're a hero! You're a hero! I'm telling. Okay, so your brother knows. Yeah, my brother needs a name. Your brother is uh, Josh. Josh. What's your... Josh Shroob. (laughs) Yep. Maybe she has a step-parent or something like that. So he's still keeping his old name. Uh... No, I'm fine with true. Josh Hastings has been in enough games. I, it's okay if we could just go with Josh. You have enough recognition like to take this right? new name. <laughs> Josh Rube. So Josh, your little brother Josh, uh, he, he knows. He hasn't told anyone yet. Yeah. But uh, that's definitely going to be. That maybe, could. I'm yeah. going to be putting them down as a. There's a as sort as of a, Damocles a villain, for a, you. A villain art. <laughs> You're going to do this for me or I'm going to tell. Um, who thinks the worst of your masked identity? Like, Obscura isn't necessarily, like, one of these, like, cool villains that has, or this cool hero, sorry, that has, like, the, the light armor and, and all of that cool stuff. She doesn't She's have so superpowers, really. She's, She's kind okay. of lame and, like, a little creepy. It's like, good job. Like, you can, you can like, just, like, suck the electricity out of a light bulb. Like, a, good just job. Just a shadow. Right? So it's one of those things where it's just, like, you know, the kids at school, because a lot of them are so used to seeing superheroes, are all just like, yeah, that's great. Like, why don't you just crawl back? in the hole you came from because oh, they're teenagers. Energy absorption could even be manifested if we're, if we're doing kinetic energy like a car hitting you and then come to a stop. Yeah, just and then you throw the car back at it. It's actually kind of cool though that we have one character on the team who's got like light armor and the other one who dresses like completely in like shrouded black. Also safe around all three of you are relatively safe around the Nova. The, yeah. the bull's skin can't be broken. Your hard light armor might be more directed at being able to reflect that kind of cosmic energy. And an Obscura can absorb the cosmic energy and even redirect it like an antenna. So there's there's some, like, synergy going on where the three of you are interesting characters in your own right, but you also need to be certain prepared for the atomic bomb well, I, in your I, I, I'm wondering yes. if that... You just call yourself Zarbomba. <laughs> um, but I, that almost sounds like we might have been direct. We might have been directed for that. That this might not be an entirely 
Yeah, there um, is Aegis. Yeah, someone was like, no, how about there is, you? Aegis is like the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. of this game, and uh, Aegis has records on every hero. Even if you've never directly interacted with them, they keep records on every event, on every hero. They got sensors and people and watchers and metahumans that can keep an eye out on the movements of other things. So they're, 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 they're the Overwatch. Now, we don't have to have them part of the story. They're just there um but you're right derek there might actually have been some strings being pulled in the background that happened to get all of the four of you together in the right place because the four of you are able to keep an eye out of the nova and 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 your powers are under check uh captain orion might not entirely approve of the team but there might also be strings influencing him going like let this happen right and so that's why he doesn't necessarily put up a big fight about it um, I kind of like that. That would be an interesting conspiracy. That's giving me ideas. <laughs> Last that's question, Bree. Same one everyone gets. Uh, why do you care about this team? Well, at least in part because, like, you know, some of you guys kind of have it worse off than I do. So, like, maybe this isn't, you know, you guys can't go and hide, which is exactly what Karen wants to do. Right, she wants to go hide, and you guys can't. And like, also, we play off each other pretty You're well. You're like, the it's hospital not bad. twenty-five, right? Like, you were like. There were Times articles about you. Like, your name was all over social media. Your face is plastered. There's a subreddit about you. People know (laughs) you were one of the patients. You were a star hockey kid in high school who was transformed by Apocalypse and his hospital 'er ne'er-do-wells. And, uh, uh, you know, like... You're, maybe not you specifically, but other members of this hospital group who were transformed have appeared on Oprah-style shows and stuff. So, Like there's three TV movies about it. So any secrecy you had, <laughs> it was only a year ago, but there's a movie in the works, yes. Uh, Spider-Man will be starring as himself. And <laughs> you, uh, but, but, but people know you, and they know about you. And so, yeah, there's, no, there's the secrecy that Obscura has. Same thing with the Nova. You've had explosive events, and people are like, shit, Watch out for him mm-hmm. because, you know, like it's kind of hard to hide the fact that every now and then um, uh, cosmic rays blow out of you and people get radiation burns. And uh, and and while they might not know about your identity, it sounds like you've got a little bit more of a secrecy going on. Uh, Captain Orion knows and there are a few people who know that you train with him and uh, Horizon Knight and you don't really hide the fact that you carry this armor around with you. You're not keeping that side of your life secret. Maybe your association with Orion you are, but not as a hero, um, and, no, and I, the only person who can return to her life and take off the mask and vanish yeah, if she no, wanted to is Karen. And then she's also like, these are good people for her to play support to, so she doesn't matter. Like, she's your medic, kind of, right? Like, she's the support character for your guy's grand stage that you're stuck on, so she can kind of get this out of her system, right? And then in the morning go back and take her math test, right? Like, and she doesn't mind that most everything is focused on you guys. Do you all three of you, uh, four of you go to the same school? Uh, so are we, we're all college students oh. then. Are you all, like, uh, for, first college? or second year college students. Well, no, did all of you go to the same high school and some of you are graduating and some of you are Definitely we've got uh, an age difference where some are then starting yeah, college. Yeah, Karen's going to be younger a little bit, like more right. like 16, 17. Okay, okay, so we got, we, got, we got the college and we've got the high school and... Uh, 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 Bernard Nick Easton, right? Yes, yeah, so um, he's like first year, but he's school of hard knocks. Uh, yeah, he's going to something like uh, he's using the money that uh, they've given him for uh, uh, settlement. The settlement uh, to put himself in school, but he's going in something in communications or uh, you know okay, something so, like that. Right, and then what about what about Nova? Be a plumber. Uh, Nova. No. So he's, he's what is it? He just finished high school and he's kind of trying to take 
He's not You're going taking to a gap year. He's taking his gap year because oh, yeah, so he wants the four to. Of you, the four of you don't. So last time all three were in the same school. That's not the case this time. Mm-hmm. So you've even got Bree, even like you got. You don't even have to see these jokers when you go to school, right? They also do they know your I mean, identity is for, Karen like, on the news and everything. No, no. The the three of them don't know you're Karen. So he's the three of you might not even know that she's just a high school student, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. She's just obscura. I'm just, just some lady who shows up sometimes. Just obscure person who shows up. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. She's all in black. She mm. doesn't want to take off her mask. Okay. We have to, uh, before this episode ends, ask these questions. I didn't tell you. <laughs> uh, the first one in order we go through with the bull is the first question I ask. Uh, and you get to answer it. You can talk with the friends. Uh, but you have the first and final say on what this answer is. This is the story of when this team came together. We defeated a dangerous enemy. Who or what was it? Hmm. Uh, I would say we probably, um, the group here would probably have defeated... To fill in the masks story we had in the last one, we had a few villains around uh, uh, Nucleopatra (laughs) and the Void were our two recurrings. We also had as heroes Grass Dragon and um, Shadow Hunter or Shadow uh, Shadow Shadow Hawk. Uh, they don't have to be heroes in this city's version either. Um, those 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 are our canon inclusions. But you, by all means, can invent something entirely new or get revenge on Doctor Apocalypse. Like that's. Um, how about uh, somebody trying to uh, basically blow up the city's nuclear power supply? Because it seems like something that would draw everyone together. Because we have a, a, a scientist. Who would potentially be in there, knowing how to work things? We have some. I was on a class trip. You were there, yeah. You yeah. were like, were, you were, you were, you were visiting their research facility. When have, it I was investigating inter- summer internships. We have someone that could um, uh, uh, absorb energy, and um, we have somebody who you know potentially could reroute it or uh, counter it with their own cosmic energy. And what I'm just the, a big idiot who showed up because I'm invulnerable. So what if uh, you all happen to just be on a tour group? Then of this storage facility, and you just happen to all have the powers that helped deal with this. So, who was the villain that you defeated? Uh, we, we don't have to get into the specifics of uh, what this scenario was, but you defeated the dangerous enemy. Who or what was this enemy? Hmm. Um. What do they? What do they measure nuclear power in? Like, what do they? What are those units Rads? called? Yeah, he was just—he was just. I'm the rad, <laughs> <laughs> and this is my magnum opus. <laughs> uh, P- Professor Meltdown. <laughs> Professor Meltdown. <laughs> I mean, why is it just Nucleopatra? If we're doing nuclear, okay, Nucleopatra. Like, let's just make her the one because she was also the one that was defeated in the last campaign as well as the the person that brought the team together. So maybe this is just how old. She's actually the villain that brings more superhero teams together than any others. And but the writers just love this character so much. No! <laughs> I, I will use nuclear time energy to bring back my kingdom. You know, it's just a rite of passage. You're not really a superhero <laughs> You're not a superhero team superhero until you until take you down Nucleopatra. <laughs> so, Beautiful. Yeah. Nova, we destroyed our surroundings in the fight. Oh, dear God. Where was it? (laughs) What did we destroy? I love this, by the way, where it's going. If we're already at this nuclear facility, it's pronounced nuclear. (laughs) Nuclear. 
So we are. So wait, did we say we're a tour group or we are all? As I a don't team care. Right, what do you? Right? We, so we this, are as a team. You're not right, a team okay? yet. This is no. Oh, this how is how the team was this made. Is how you, this we was were how just you all first, there for whatever reason. We're like we're really good together. We should stick this out. Like this is, this doesn't. Like this could okay. be a year ago, uh, and mm-hmm. now you're an established team, or it could be last week. I don't <laughs> care. But this okay. is the story of how the team came together. Alrighty. So uh, we're at Nucleopatra the... Nucleopatra attacked. You, you can be on the tour group, or you could have heard about it on a police scanner. You could oh, no, have yeah. been active I as heroes. The, and the location was at, like, a warehouse or at a nuclear... Nu- Think of it like the Chalk yeah. River nuclear uh, facility up in Ottawa, where it's uh, it's not a power plant, mm-hmm. but it is a place where they generate uh, uh, nuclear isotopes that are then used for, like, medical research and, and as well as research on nuclear waste reduction and disposal so it's 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 a it's a facility and and it's a generator but it's not used for like power because halcyon city is the kind of place that would already use like fission and and clean energies and stuff and 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 zero point reactors but understanding nuclear technologies is still just as important in halcyon city as it would be today uh so if this is anything like that the way it would sounded like is it's not just a warehouse yeah but it it, it's not like the simpsons nuclear facility going okay cool uh, but it is a it's a it's a it's a it's a facility. It's a place where research can be done, where there can be tour groups, access to the public to a degree, um, and and it's relatively well known. Okay. So while we were again, uh, what was the name of, Encon uh, Exocon Exocon Exocon. It's an Exocon nuclear research facility. Okay. So while we we're at the Exocon nuclear research facility, on our uh, and what do you call it? And Nucleopatra was there. Yeah, fighting flying our, in on she her. She comes in here, Sphinx jetpack. <clears throat> I'm honestly at first, I'm like, okay, there she is. I know who this this girl, this lady is. Uh, maybe I'm gonna. I tried to uh, take some initiative. I don't know why. I want to try to. I don't know, show off in a sense too. I'm young. You're like, get look, this I can't control my power. And uh, so the question is, we destroyed our surroundings. Yes. Where oh, was the surroundings? There. What did we destroy? Oh, don't get too much because we got other questions okay. that I don't want you to answer. Oh, so that's okay. All. Like, we'll fill in the gaps. Just okay. What was the surroundings? What did we destroy? Okay. So uh, and then we'll work our way back. What did perfect. we blow up? We blew up at Tim Hortons actually. <laughs> Halcyon City is apparently it was shrapnel. Canada. It was shrapnel from. Uh, one of the uh, huge motherboard computers that whatever happened just happened to destroy Tim Hortons, and uh, you so you blew up a you blew up a coffee shop. We that was the collateral damage was the coffee it's shop. Not nearly nearby. as big as I was hoping. <laughs> I thought, the, nuclear I thought the facility was going to go yeah. up and you absorbed everything. Yeah. <laughs> if we do destroy Tim Hortons, though, could uh, one of us have a finishing line on uh, Nucleopatra to be like, please play again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you pick up one of the roll the rims and you find out like ah. Oh. Toss it at her. Uh, okay, cool. The next one we got down the list is the Janus. Hi. We saved the life of someone important, either to the city or to the team. Who was it? Why are they important? We saved the head researcher of the facility, who is obviously important. Is it? Is it? Uh, is it Pelgrade? Pendleton. Pendleton. Is it Doctor Pendleton? Sure. Why not? Yeah, that's where he works. So Dr. Pendleton, uh, not necessarily working at uh, ExoCon, because we've already established he's at the university. He was at ExoCon. But he Exocon, was there. And then you you saved the team. That's why he's on board with the team working yeah. out. You saved his life by redirecting an explosion in the facility to a nearby abandoned Tim Hortons. Tim Hortons. 
<laughs> it was slated for demolition. It, it was fun. It was closed, closed for renovations. <laughs> the renovations are going to be bigger winning, than expected. Uh, <laughs> you destroyed the one prize-winning roll-up yeah, rim cup. That's where all the cars were. <laughs> the cars were in that one Oh, facility. no! I finally won! <laughs> Cool. All right. Uh, well, we already know why Dr. Pendleton is important. Uh, so then we work our way down from that to finally the protege. We stuck together after all was said and done. Why did we stick together? And how did we keep in contact? I, I think the question's already been answered. We stuck yeah. together because you saved your mentor's life. Yeah. And you saw personally, while you were trying to save his life, these three people step up and stop Nucleopatra, stop the nuclear facility from going into a mushroom cloud. Yeah. And, and I, all that was lost I, was... One single under renovation to Morton's. I, I, I think it's that is a really good outcome. It, I think it's interesting though that out of these three, um, Horizonite is the only self-made hero. Yeah, he's the person. He's the only person here who didn't come to by accident or by superpower. He made himself. Yeah. You're into not a, hero. a beacon, and they have no powers. You, you're but but it's inventions. You're like Iron Man. Yeah. And so, yeah. Um, you, you're you're absolutely true. The the three of you didn't choose have your powers. You, you've you chosen to be a superhero, Brie, but you chose this because you needed a way to stop yourself from, like, going insane. Uh, and then the two of you, same deal. You've got uh, Enforcer's got uh, Indestructible. You just want to make something. You can't play hockey anymore. And the Nova, you just, like, I'm either going to hurt someone or I'm going to save someone. I'd rather save someone. Yeah. That's kind of neat. Yeah. Um, Except uh, for you. <laughs> <laughs> You're different. I, I get this mental impression that it, it's sort of an open secret within the university of that I'm a superhero, and so it's like we're being attacked, being attacked by a monster. Some guy running down the hallway towards me. There's a monster! Oh, great! Now they now they just run towards me. Yeah, the um. Well, again, this is Halcyon City. Think like um, in Pacific Rim, how most of the cities in that universe have like bunker programs, and yeah. like, like this is a city that is used to attacks and villains, and 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 just kind of like there's there's programs involved mostly by Aegis to get people into shelters and abandon the city so that there's no collateral damage and to teleport people out if they have to. And so yeah, there, it, it, you're not the only superhero at the university. Hell, you're not the only uh, open superhero at the university. Some of the some of the professors who teach. Superhero courses are themselves active superheroes. And then there's that jackass tiger lad who's in fucking humanities. <laughs> so <laughs> Justin's writing down tiger lad. Justin just has this look on his face like. <sighs> I like how you said jackass when he prefers jackal ass, but. <laughs> you so they... turn into a tiger. You can't keep making jackal jokes. But the city has a UV index and then it has a supervillain index right next to it. Like <laughs> we are we we are highly likely to have a nucleopatria. Yeah, yeah. It shows up on like their CP24 on like where it has like today's today's oh, villain attack. It's index like or, um powerless where they they detect they develop a supervillain detector and it's just a watch that goes off if a supervillain is nearby. There's just an app that sends push notifications. Yeah, you yeah know, like you are probably within warning, six blocks. Head, of. head to your shelters now. Blood tornado is three blocks away from you. <laughs> <laughs> Do not. Use the subway. <laughs> Call nine one one if you require metahuman assistance. Please press five. Because um, there are certainly some. Uh, there's not like a superhero registry act because we're not again telling that story. But there would be heroes that have signed on to work with Aegis and work on like an official capacity with government agencies and and, and stuff and work as like first responders. Yeah. Right. Like, on an official capacity, not just on a vigilante capacity. Um, the uh, Justice League has an official charter from the city. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, uh, again. 
we could get into that, but I'm hoping to just kind of stick with the Mormons. Yeah. So the uh, uh, we that is how our group got together. Uh, we're not gonna have time for episode zero. We're just gonna finish off with the character creations. Uh, relationships is the next bit on your playlist. Uh, you each have some blanks to fill in. Uh, tell us what blank you're filling in. Uh, again, we'll we'll do it backwards. We'll end with Scotty. We'll start with uh, Bree. Um, what's your relationships? Uh, so do you want me to read them out? Are they different yeah. for everyone? Yeah, different for everyone. So you'll, okay. you'll read them out, and then you'll tell us what you're filling in. Okay, so it says, blank knew you from your civilian life first, and then you refused to tell blank your secret identity when they asked. And I think the second one is literally the entire team. <laughs> okay, the <laughs> like, team. the team. Like, I didn't tell. Um, and then that means that, like, one of you has to know Karen but not necessarily. This no does not obscura. have to be. This does not have to be um, a member of the team. This is just a relationship with a character, either someone we're going to create or someone that we've already established. Can she know your mentor? What's his name? Like Doctor Pendleton. Yeah, Doctor well, I mean, Pendleton. You're with the photography like, club, so maybe you. May, maybe. Yeah, like maybe, maybe you worked with think, like the student newspaper well, and like. Yeah. Like, took no. A, no. You know, know what? You were at the nuclear facility doing pictures for the photography club. What if? What if this is? If we're doing the Peter Parker thing, what if um, your relationship? You went to Pendleton the same way Peter Parker went to the doctor who became the lizard. Uh, Connors. You, you go to doc. You go to Pendleton the way Parker went to Connors because you know about his history as Captain Orion, and maybe he can help you channel and control your powers or oh, even so maybe remove he's... them entirely so you showed up as obscura to his office that night and uh but but he's the world's greatest detective in halcyon city and he was able to put two and two together and went like hi karen <laughs> yeah, you're like shit and he took off your mask because he figured it out figured out who you were but you went to him um to help but he's he, he can't be two mentors but no, you, you I, it was him. just one of those things that I was like, can you do the thing? He was like, no. Was like, he also may not have told, he, he didn't tell me though, because he still wants me to go that detective angle. Yeah, yeah no, he didn't go around telling everyone, everything. he just no. knows. And, and, and he also and, respects heroes that, there, there are heroes in the city that keep a secret identity for a reason. And yep. and, and he would know, hopefully better than to and, out someone. Well, and if I were to become a, be out. It, if I could figure her identity, then I am obviously on the path to being a detective. <laughs> He's going to be like, you know, there's that person, Karen, seems a little familiar that you helped save the other day. And he's like, he's always dropping, like, really obvious hints that you just don't and, get. Uh, no, yeah, no, and you're I, just I, like, what? Yeah, you know what? I, I noticed that she's always in danger. But then again, I mean, we we all went to Halcyon High. And that school goes into another dimension every other week. <laughs> yeah, it's practically it a field trip time. day at this point. When they do the 50s under the water dance at the prom, they're actually under the water and in the 1950s. <laughs> uh, so the... Um, uh, so that's your relationship. Derek, yeah. relationships. Uh, you and Blank teamed up a few times before the rescue came together. I'm thinking him and the Enforcer. Uh, sorry, say it again? Um, you and Blank teamed up a few times before the rest of the team came together. Okay, so uh, you, you've, been, you've been working with the Enforcer already ahead of time before the team was officially formed. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Um, your mentor is cautious. Are you part of the same hockey team? Sure, uh, why not? Sure, yeah. yeah. Um, I was obviously nowhere near as good as No, him. you were the goalie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the enforcer. You weren't a goon. You were the goalie in the net. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm still... That's what gave you some of your initial ideas for your armor. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't look anything like goalie armor, but it's like, yeah, I, uh, any, I'm very comfortable more. wearing armor. 
Yeah, exactly. You 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 got you got the you you were able to like get dressed and undress in that locker room faster than some of the other players, even though you had twice as much stuff to put on. Yeah. So yeah, um, you're you're not having like the Deadpool in the phone booth moment, right? Well, just no, I have like a common rider belt almost, where it's just like it, it it's like sued up and almost instantaneously. Because of course you do. Yeah. Because of course I do. I got I had to work common rider into the show for a character at some point. Into like every game. Your mentor is cautious. They ask you to keep an eye on blank. It's going to be the Nova. Okay. Uh, Scotty, do you even have a code name yet? Neon Blast. Because <laughs> I have multicolored blasts of power. That's such a lame name. Oh, I know it is. I love it. It What's sounds your... like something you, you look... came up with once so that you think sounds cool that everyone Eugene else doesn't Prince, like. The Neon Blast. Yeah, yes, let's just Kate. So uh... like, let's say he looks like the worst. <laughs> Why didn't you call so yourself like uh, Justin? Justin. Okay, fine. I'm going to remind you, what was everyone's response to the Salt yes, Lake Kid? Yes, and. That's right, Salt Lake Kid. Nobody calls of, you that! Of all the flavors you chose, you chose to be salty. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just love that it was, it, it's Ori's immediate response of, nobody calls you nobody that! Nobody calls you that. Okay, so he calls himself Neon Blast. What do you call him? Um, I, 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 I'm fine with calling him Neon. Every once in a while. Maybe obscure. Uh, you just call them strobe lights. LEDs. I'm like, just to be clear, there are cooler noble gases you could have named yourself after. <laughs> I'll just call, I'll just Google all the different kinds of lights, and like every time I have to oh. talk to you, I'll look at it. Oh shit, I'm always calling him. Whenever, whenever I'm harassing him, I'm always calling him different neon, uh, different noble, uh, noble gases. gases. I'm like, hey, Argon! <laughs> No, no. You're Argon sounds cooler. It's like, you're supposed to be non-reactive. What are you doing? <laughs> Neon blurst. Uh, nerd jokes. You guys are the best. You're just getting ready for math class. You Both of you, uh, uh, Obscura and, uh, and Night Horizon. Horizon Night. Horizon Night. You like bond on the real nerdy jokes. <laughs> on like math and the elemental science stuff. Oh, God, I'm going to have to Google so many things before the next episode. I will, too. <laughs> the next episode's in ten minutes! Um, I'm bringing up the Fear on the paper right now. <laughs> All right. Uh, Enforcer, your relationships. Uh, so, blank is your love. You've opened up to them about the worst part of your past. Yeah, now, uh, to, uh, to clarify, like it says in the page I gave you, love doesn't have to mean romantic love, sexual love, but someone that is, like, I love you, man, right? Like It's someone that is uh, 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 passionately dear to you, uh, mm -hmm. but it doesn't... It certainly can go romantic if that's where you wanted the narrative, but the love and rivalry dynamics are are meant to be more antagonist and, and protagonist kind of roles in your in your narrative. Anyways, who's your love? I'm thinking it might be uh, Horizon Knight. Yeah, and I think it's kind of like um, uh, sometimes my character just goes out and gets hammered. And goes, you know, man, I could have had the lie. Why this happened? I remember that time. Remember bromance. when we played hockey? When we did they that have, thing. They have just the best bromance. We, we have total bromance. Yeah, yeah, it's just like, remember when we did that thing? Wasn't that freaking awesome when we were like 12? And the other team, we went, we snuck into their locker room. We stole all of their clothes and we, we put it in you like... You know, uh, I'm really glad you guys have a bromance and you're also sharing a mic to record. Ralph, <laughs> Ralph the Zimboni driver, I'm pretty sure, has like a... The way Walter White has a relationship with those other people who took like all of his patents and went off to become like super rich and powerful, like Doctor Pendleton and you mean Walter Bishop. 
Walter, uh, no, Walter White from Breaking Bad. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, just, it was it was the guy who wanted to be his like business partner really early on. And he yeah, said no. Yeah, it was like a season one story thing. Uh, but it was uh, uh but yeah, Walter Bishop and 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 Bell as well. Uh, uh, Ralph the Zamboni driver is not just a simple mannered Zamboni driver. I think the two of in the way that the two of you now have this bromance happening, there's another generation up, uh, between Ralph and Pendleton that also has maybe uh, for them it's estranged. They're, they're, they're estranged yeah. friends, uh, but but there's still a picture in the skate shop, and there's still a picture in his office well, of the uh, two of them you know together. What? Maybe it was a straight up actual relationship. Maybe, maybe, yeah. And uh, either way, they don't in, talk in a, about in a it. Less socially accepting time. They don't talk maybe about it. Maybe that's why Captain Ryan retired. Maybe, maybe, and that's uh, there's a, there's actually some real interesting stories written into the game book of the characters in the Golden Age that the Silver and Bronze Age. Uh, Argue with them about oh, you. You didn't really fight big fights. Your heroes, were, villains, were kind of lame and tame. It was like '60s Batman kind of stuff. Why did you always fight themed mob bosses? And yet, <laughs> uh, as history looks back on the Golden Age heroes, they remember that you know the the first hero in Halcyon City was a woman before women could vote. Uh, one of the second big heroes who came out, uh, he fought the good fight. He fought in the war. He fought against villains, and yet he could never come out of the closet. And, and it wasn't until posthumously did people learn about his secret life that he had been leading that they could accept him as a hero, but they couldn't accept him as a gay man. And and those were the struggles that the Golden Age heroes dealt with that no one talked about, social justice and civil rights and suffragette movements that, um, uh, that, that, that ended up being retroactively uh, 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 or retrospectively a um, – a key part of their stories that were never written into history. Uh, and so the silver generation is quite unfair to the golden generation, trying to like diminish what their accomplishments were, but not acknowledging the struggles that they were facing that the bronze and new generation don't necessarily have to face anymore, or at least not in the same way it yeah. was in the 40s. So anyway, that's a real, I like that. I like that with Pendleton and Ralph. There's something going on there. There's pictures. They don't really talk much, uh, and yet uh, they both would be aware that the two of you hang yeah. out and you were on the hockey teams and stuff. So I like that. Cool. All right. Uh, well, you got another question. Rob. Yep. Uh, blank is your rival. They try to control you at a crucial moment. Okay. Who's your rival? Uh, I would say Spino Man. Spino Man. <laughs> <laughs> Spino Man. I'm thinking with the brand building after. Yeah, he's got uh, he's got like his own theme music that plays out of the Spino Man Beal. After the uh, Hospital 25 thing, he put a lot of pressure on the Hospital 25 kids to uh, you know sign away the movie rights and you know make sure that they collectively their imaging license. Business. Yes, yeah. he he wanted to make action figures of them and put them in the Lego playset and everything, Fuck and it just got Spino Man and his 25 able-bodied young wards. Yes. <laughs> like, like an amiibo craze. You know, dragging us out to public appearances to be like, thank you, Spino Man, for saving us. Yeah, he does He does Spino Aid every year. Oh, God. Which is like this big rock concert that he also frontlines that uh, that generates funds for superhero uh, battle uh, 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 war uh, people that have been hurt and collateral Victims, damage and, yeah. and, and repairing damage to the city and orphans and stuff but it's all like spino aid and and it's all uh it's all him front and center talking to like big celebrities and big heroes and reformed villains and all these things every now and then someone tries to attack spino aid in the battle but just is it staged there's i mean there's some reddit threads that talk about like whether or not those attacks are actually just like part of the spino uh kayfabe going on like is it pro <laughs> wrestling at that point with like how 
over-the-top and coincidental some of his stuff is, but yeah, definitely. Yeah, like I'm trying he's to a be, perfect rival. I'm trying to be the enforcer. Such a but he's uh, such a cool dinosaur. I know. I'm trying to be, you know, I'm trying to be my own guy here. He's like he's, the coolest dinosaur. He's a little bit Captain Hammer. He's yes. just the yes. coolest <laughs> dinosaur. This is what pain feels like. Spino is my penis. <laughs> you know, you're trying to be your own, you're trying to be your own superhero, get established, and all everybody comes up to you is like, hey, enforcer. No, my name's Enforcer. Oh, uh, sorry. Hey, my name is Enforcer. Hey, you're one of the Hospital 25 guys, right? You're the guy who got played by, uh, you know, the person from Riverdale. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. That, that's not me. I'm the Enforcer. Oh, my God. Can you, that's like... That's such get... a good Enforcer cosplay. Oh, my God. Can you <laughs> give me... Can you give me Captain... Sp- uh, can you give me Spino Man's autograph? Like, seriously, can you tell me... Is I got, really I got this redhead? book deal. Would he, would he, would he maybe publish my book? Yes. I, I got I got this new, like, sick track I cut, and maybe he could put me on Fossil Records. Can he... Can you, can you get him to follow me on what's, Twitter? What's he actually like? Like, but not, like, in the public. Like, what's he actually like right that whole yeah that's that is exhausting you met him once you only met him the day he rescued you you haven't really you've only really uh, communicated through lawyers since then at his pr people and you only met him at like official functions but because he keeps this is this is so far different from like the carl sagan captain orion uh relationship that 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 horizon knight has compared to your relationship with spino man they're night and day Right? Uh, oh, I see what I did. <laughs> <laughs> Justin is very upset uh, with himself. Dynamite. That's, that, that's, that's his catchphrase, by the way. <laughs> Spino Man, you're fucking right. It no, is. no, it's Spino Might. Spino Might. Spino Might. He's got his guy. He's got Spinaroos. Which is like his Spino Man branded underoos. Uh. God, he's such a douche. <laughs> But he's the coolest he's dinosaur. He's the coolest dinosaur. <laughs> like, I can't stay mad at a dinosaur that's that cool. Yep. Uh, uh, behind the scenes, one of my roles, agendas as a GM in a game like this is to make the adult hero seem kind of childish. You, Spider-Man you, you, you succeeded. Perfect. <laughs> Spider-Man is already done. <laughs> Last but not least, we return to the Nova, the neon light himself. Alrighty. <laughs> Listen, Radon. <laughs> that would be so great. That would be such a great name. Alrighty, so my relationships are Raid off. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you hang out all the time with well, my best friend Seamus, as I stated up top to blow off steam. Oh, he's dead. He's like a dead man. He's not red shirt. Y- you you, you have be. painted the biggest target on <laughs> this man's Seamus back. is gonna get powers. Gonna Some point he's one hundred percent the doom. For Seamus, <laughs> is Seamus one of the twenty five? Why is everybody calling me Uncle Ben? <laughs> <laughs> Could Seamus be one of the Hospital 25, or is that a little too close? Uh, well, it depends whether his powers. Yeah. No, let's not make him one of the 25, because I want that, that, that. That's that's the Enforcer's thing. I don't want to steal the thunder. Yeah, okay. No, he's just just. The maybe buddy he does get who... a little jealous, and he's like, I'm going to be a superhero, too, and injects himself with, like, Oh, maybe, because you know, he was the first was Iron person. Man 3, that, uh, mm-hmm. extremist? The extremist, and he just blows himself up. Maybe, because he was the first person I hurt with my powers, so he was... He was always a lot closer to me after that. He starts vaping on Terrigan Mist. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to work at some point before the popcorn lung sets in. <laughs> oh, fuck. Well, I know what I'm doing tonight. All right, so you spend all your time with Seamus. Yes. Well, yeah, I was going to say, again, yeah, we hang out because uh, he was the first person I accidentally I hurt with these, so I still felt guilty about it. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. As we grow on, he finally act. I, I felt like he did forgive me for it. But uh, yeah, he's the one who helped uh, g- 
give me the cool name that I had. We were okay. hanging out one day, and he gave the cool name. Oh, it's his fault. It is. And blame Seamus. Uh, Hashtag blame Seamus. You, <laughs> you once hurt your mother yes, when you lost because, control of your powers. Yeah, because uh, what, what did I have her as at the top? About uh, how she is the one person. What, sorry, I just need to read something quickly. So I'm actually going to, uh, I wanna, I'm going to write down here. Um, sure. I want to keep track of, of influence between characters. Uh, Seamus, even though he, by default, every adult in this game has influence over you until they don't. But by default, people your age do not until they do. Seamus does. Seamus, even yeah. though he's your age, absolutely has influence over your character. Yeah. Um, and uh, and any other characters that uh, are your age. Cindy. Cindy's got influence over you, absolutely. Yep. Um, and your little brother's got influence over you, uh, Bree. Uh, and so, Ralph has influence and over you. Ra- well, Ralph's an adult, so he already does. And he absolutely okay. does. Um, uh, so, because adults, right. every adult has influence, even strangers, until... Uh, until they don't, because you're fucking, you're teenagers, mm-hmm. uh, or you're very young adults, and you're, um, you're, uh, you know, they're, they're, the, they're, they're supposed to know better. Even when they don't, they're supposed to know better, and you're not old enough to know that they're all faking it, too. So it's, uh, you know, like, that's, for me, that was the biggest part of becoming an adult, was realizing that every adult I've ever met was faking it, and just making it up as I was. Uh, when, uh, when I turned 30, and the teacher who basically inspired me to get into radio in the first place messaged on Facebook going, congratulations, you're now as old as I was the day I told you to go into radio <laughs> in high school. And I was like, and you were like, no! What? There's no way I am ever going to have that influence on a person the way he did on me, right? Anyways. You think that now. I probably already have. I've met a few people who was like, you gave me a tour at Humber College when I was in high school and you were in college and you're the reason I still work in radio. Justin, I'm like, how many people are get, getting into RPGs because uh, of stuff you do with no! the show? No! I don't know anything! <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a monster. I'm faking everything. You're breaking the fourth wall. Stop it. Okay, sorry. Um, so uh, you once hurt your mother when you lost control of your powers. Yes, uh, because she's the one who kind of cool. was helping me control my powers. Final step. We ending this marathon episode <laughs> is the influence part of your character, uh, and then and then we'll also tell me what legacy moves you picked. Um, uh, oh no, sorry, legacy moves. That's what your power moves are. Sorry, your moves. There you go. Sorry, legacy moves. I'm looking at the legacy playbook. Uh, 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 Scotty, influence. What oh, does okay. your influence say? It says choose a demeanor, happy facade, or lockdown. Yep. Uh, I feel I always try to put on a, the the happy a happy facade as my character okay. for the rest of the team. What does that mean? Uh, so if I chose happy facade, I have to give influence to three teammates. All right. Well, you have three teammates. Exactly. So everyone here, uh, write down. Um, is there a? There isn't really much room. Um, but just write down that you have a, a, a like, his name, um, uh, neon that you have influence over him. because um, we only have three teammates, so they all get it. You don't have to necessarily keep track of that. It's just okay. more when they do moves on you, uh, they can now manipulate your labels Okay. without having to um, gain that influence. They already have that influence. So um, when someone takes influence the very first time, not necessarily this in the creation, they automatically get a shift okay. in your labels. And uh, and we'll, we'll be dealing with that in the first episode. Uh, uh, and what moves did you pick? Just oh, the moves I picked were uh, join to read each one or just Here. name them off. Yeah, uh, just just uh, quickly, just uh, uh, let okay, us know so, what the three ones. Yeah, are. so the ones, I, the four I uh, picked are constructs. Basically, I can create any object the size mm-hmm. of a person. Uh, boost, so I can uh, supercharge a teammate's effort with my own powers. Yep. And overcharge, so I can ch- channel my powers to full capacity. 
to give me even more powerful powers okay. of cosmic powers. And then the last one I picked is uh, worship, which means when you put out a tremendous display of might, you kind of get respect and attention to unleash when I unleash my powers. Okay, cool. And uh, Bernard, uh, you, uh, what does your influence say? And we'll just fill that in. Uh, my influence says uh, you're selective about who you let in. Give your love and your rival influence over you, but that's it. Okay, so uh, Derek also gets influence, and Spinal Man, being an adult, already had influence, but yeah, so that's all. You're, you're, uh, you're a closed book to everyone else on the team. So you're the only one who really, like, if there's ever a moment and someone needs to speak to the Enforcer, that's kind of going to, they're going to be looking to yeah. Knight to have that conversation because you're the only one who really, like, gets him. Yeah. Um, all right, buddy. Uh, uh, Night Horizon. Uh, or Horizon Night. Fuck, I'm going to do that for the rest of the game now because I've already done it twice. Horizon Night! Uh, Horizon Night! What does your influence say? Oh, uh, what uh, what moves did you pick, Enforcer? Just quickly, uh, so just run them off so we know. Uh, uh, punch everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and physics. What physics? And what is the trigger for punch everyone? Uh, when you charge into a fight without hedging your bets, you can shift your danger up and down. Yeah, and you just have to read the trigger, and we can we can yeah. answer that. It's just so like uh, so I mentally know I won't be able to memorize all of your powers. But when we're playing the game, if ever the narrative has a moment that matches that trigger, you can activate the move, or you can say this is the move, and then you can narrate into the trigger to justify why the move activates. Uh, and what's the second trigger for uh, physics? Uh, what physics? To when you unleash your powers to barrel through an insurmountable barrier. Excellent. So it's like, yeah, insurmountable barrier. Kool-Aid is, man. That can be, uh, it doesn't have to just be a wall. An insurmountable barrier is up for interpretation, right? Which is kind of, it can be an emotional barrier as well, where you're talking to someone, you can barrel through that as well. It doesn't have to be physical, but cool night horizon. <laughs> horizon night. What does your influence say? Um, choose a demeanor, playful or business. I'm going to go with playful just because it lets me give influence to people. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give, uh, if you choose playful, give influence to two teammates. I'm going to go with the Enforcer, and I think I'm actually going to go with Obscura. Obscura, yeah, that would make sense uh, uh, narratively with, with the connection we've already made yeah. about the math jokes. Yeah. Um, then I've got my three protege moves. Uh, the first one's going to be Bean Reading the Files. Of course you're playful as well, because that is the complete opposite of the business-like uh, 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 Science is fun. Science is fun, but it's also serious business, according to your mentor, right? Like, the world yeah, is at stake. Your mentor stake. takes everything very seriously, yeah. and you're like, dude, it's not, it's not that big of a like, deal. Yeah, why does your costume have to be so colorful? Why can't it just be practical? Well, yeah, and that's the thing. is like, why are you using the armor? Your armor is inefficient. Why don't you just project an invisible force field? But because also a symbol to everyone around you. Yeah. That they're safe, right? It's like the lights on a police car. So Yeah. Um... You've learned uh, about the superhero world through your mentor's files. When you first encounter an important superpower phenomenon, uh, then I can learn about it cool. and see if I've see if I've basically read the files on it before. Interesting. Uh, fireside chat. When you seek advice from your mentor. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So you have a moment. You can have a little heart to heart. Yeah. Uh, and then I picked venting frustration. He actually has like a, a TV monitor fireside that he'll like pop up onto his Batmobile. No, no, it's like the wall-sized plasma screen. Yeah, it's a little pixelated thing. Yeah. So we're going to have a talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I picked uh, Vending Frustration when you directly engage when you're angry. Okay. Um, I, I got to vent sometimes. Mm -hmm. Of course you do. You got a lot of pressure. You got one of the city's greatest heroes telling you 
you can be better than you are, but you're not good enough yet. But I'm also trying to I'm trying to get through university at the same time. Yeah. I'm taking on like a full course load. And and you might be proposing to Cindy. Who knows? Like like this is like life is serious now. Man, you can't even be you just want to make jokes with Obscura. No one else yeah. gets your pressures. <laughs> Yeah, and then I also this get... This team is an escape from most of that yeah. pressure. Uh, I get uh, mentors' resources. Um, yeah, you which, uh Choose the three resources that your mentor gave you for the team. Um, I'm going to go with uh, communicators, uh, supercomputer. Nice. nice. Uh, which we can, of course, access through the communicators. Yeah, basically iPads. Yeah, with uh, Skype we, and Bluetooth. Yeah, uh, we basically have the cloud. The supercomputer's yeah. on the cloud. It yeah. may just be the cloud. Yeah. Um, and I kind of want to pick a hidden... Well, bit. I was thinking of calling it Orion's Belt. Yes, perfect. <laughs> no, no, it, 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 he called it that originally when it was like a network of supercomputers, and now he's taken it com like completely uh, yeah. Steve Jobs. Well, well, well uh, Orion's belt is the communication device, and it's a, it's a, it's both a screen and a, and an earpiece and everything that's built into it, and then it connects to the constellation. Yes. And the constellation is the cloud, but it's all like fucking god he's got to stay on theme doesn't he so <laughs> he's got a brand <laughs> all the heroes of that era listen, have a brand. Yeah. listen spider-man upped the arms race in the branding game years ago and if the other <laughs> heroes don't stay up like they're gonna just they're not gonna be able to compete anymore half of the heroes only uh, are still able to be heroes in the silver age because of royalty payments so like it's expensive has anyone ever read how expensive it would be to be batman oh like, god like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah you need royalty payments you need branding you need action figures you need the 25 so um i think i'm actually going to pick the right. last one as being a, a weapon of last resort mm. it's like the untested um thing that may or may not be a bomb yeah, I mean, I'm thinking with him, too. I was wondering if, like, his telescope is some kind of cosmic cannon or, like, Junon cannon <laughs> was, from FF7. I was going to say, yeah, is it, or, are we talking, are we talking or, like, a Hyperion space laser yeah, going or, on or, here? Or, like, or does he have, like, an orbital cannon no, in yeah. it's, it's the orbital cannon. It's, um, Orion's belt also refers to the satellites that, uh, Oh, no, that's Orion's arrow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because he's got, because he's, he's quivering. No, Orion's bow. Orion's bow, because he's quivering his arrow in, in the constellation, so he's got his bow, and the bow is actually designed as a global defense measure against the kind of threats that were hitting Earth in the 70s. Earth has gone through a period of peace since then because of the defense network from heroes like Orion, who have built a global yeah. network of cannons facing outwards, not inwards. But I, ha I happen to have a backdoor into the system that mm -hmm. it, it's like... Well, because one day you might end up taking over. He's not going to be here forever, so... Yeah. So he, he walked You're me his emergency contact number. Yeah. <laughs> he walked me through the system. And if all else fails, I, I, I'm listed on Aegis's thing. It's like, if he falls, you have to call in the kid. Yeah, yeah. Like, and like, the kid has to decide to basically set off the nuclear apocalypse. Well, or, yeah, or like if, if the president needs to turn the key, you're the one who's actually physically turning the key. But you don't do any of that unless you're ordered to. Yeah. Like, like you know I, I, I'm not even comfortable having this kind of pressure no, this on is, me. No, that's a lot of fucking power. So, uh, yeah, so cool. We've got the constellation, we've got the belt, and we've got the bow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I love this. On brand. Brandy. I love that. So, But that also means that, yeah, if you need to do research on a villain or on different events or on history, you've got access to, through uh, uh, Horizon, you've got access through uh, to the Constellation. So keep your eye on the Horizon. <laughs> <sighs> on brand. Obscura. Hi. We're going to wrap up this episode with your uh, influence. influence. So it says you look up to your teammates. They seem to have this superhero thing figured out. Give two of them influence over you. So Which, I think I think I'm probably gonna go with Neon and Horizon. 
Cool. Uh, Horizon because of the whole thing where he went to his mentor, and I'm like, I mean, your mentor's got everything figured out, so I guess you probably also got it figured out. Yeah. And you've just got these ridiculous, terrible powers and haven't <laughs> exploded, so. Yeah, but, like, maybe there's this thing going on where, like, he's tried to test the galaxy powers onto you, and you're like, yeah, and then you can, like, redirect it, and that's also pretty great for your venting where you need to get that through your system. Yeah. So... Um, and then, so for my moves, like, it auto-picked for me the mask, because obviously. Yeah. And it says, you wear a mask, it hides your real identity. Choose what label you try to embody while wearing your mask. So I picked danger. Um, and the reason it has that is uh, once per session, you can affirm either your heroic or secret identity to switch your mundane with your mask's label. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's going to be a thing later. Yeah, when you're playing as, your, as, your, as Karen, you can roll danger if you act as Obscura, but while you're dressed as Karen. So that's, yeah. that's, that's a big, uh, then, big danger thing. And then on my other two, I picked mild-mannered, um, so I tried to use my civilian identity to deceive, trick, or slip past someone as a roll plus mundane. I don't um, know anything. I'm just Karen. <laughs> I'm just Karen, and I'm wearing this too big sweater, and i got to keep pulling it up. And it's got my cup noodle, and it's almost <laughs> as big as me. <laughs> and then um, my other one that I picked was Dangerous Web. So when you reveal a trap, uh, you've left for someone using your powers. There are some things that you can One do. of the few abilities in the game that allow you to retcon a scene. You can be in a scene and things will be going on and the villain shows up and you'll be like, okay, last night I came in and I set up all this stuff and I trigger the trap. You fool, you've triggered my trap card. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've activated my trap card. So so uh, there's a few of the powers in the game that allow you to retcon a scene and the Janus has one of them um, as as well as that. And uh, again, read your moment of truth and read your team move. Don't necessarily say it out because they're, they're great, like, holy shit moments when especially the moment of truth happens, which... We won't be able to do in the first episode, but every time you miss a dice roll in masks, you get in, you get uh, 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 what's it called? Um, potential, potential is experience points. Experience points you get potential sometimes through a really phenomenal success or through some of your moves, but you mostly get potential every time you miss a roll. Which is really awesome. Like, whenever you miss, it's just a learning opportunity for the next success. Once you get five potential, you can get an advancement. One of those advancements is a moment of truth. And uh, so, like, by the first episode, you could already have a moment of truth ready to trigger. Or you can choose to take more moves from your playbook, from someone else's playbook, or permanently lose influence over somebody, from somebody, and lock in a label. So you could, like, uh, Derek, you could choose to permanently cut off your mentor's influence over you and lock in one of your labels. No, no, it, it's one, one of the options. Choose up to four more resources from your mentor as you essentially slowly just glob on to all of his stuff. Yeah, all your stuff is mine now, old man. I'm the Orion Horizon. <laughs> Horizon Hunter. Horizons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would, I'm not going to be Lieutenant Orion. That's not happening. <laughs> Orion Knight. Yeah, exactly. Actually, that's kind of cool. Knight, 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 Knight Rider. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Well. <laughs> uh, this episode went too long. There is no episode zero. That's Free Comic Book Day has been canceled. That's it. I'm cutting We off. got a bit of that from how our team first met with the Battle of New Cleopatra. We've got things set up. We haven't really rolled any dice, but, but honestly, I'm happy with, with, with the team you've made. So I'm going to ask, before I wrap up with the credits, would you guys like a team name? What is the team name? Ooh. Talk amongst yourselves. I'm not even going to... We all, we all just went... Zip. I'm just going to be quiet. Uh... Or do you want to wait? 
I almost think we want to wait. I think I want to stumble across it naturally. Everyone yeah. knows you're all working together, but no one knows what to call you yet. Yeah. Those guys. The untitled super. We're shopping, we're well, I mean, shopping you, around. When you think about it, they spent half, half of Young Justice just calling them the team. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, we can do that. Because uh, uh, we, we've established at least that this attack with Nucleopatra and that happened recently. This wasn't like a year ago. This was all... You, the, the Enforcer and Knight were already working together and friends before you even had your powers. Uh, but uh, the four of you all came together as a team and have continued to patrol as a team uh, only after that fight, which happened like last month. So this is all yeah. still fresh. But But one of those like electricity is going between the team like there's there's a real connection there's some real trust obviously a lot of influence is going everywhere i have influence on everyone yeah <laughs> which is pretty good for your protege character that's exactly what your mentor would want you to have uh he wouldn't want you to being pushed around by your teammates he'd want you doing the pushing because he trusts you far more than he would trust them especially the one who wants to be dangerous he isn't was wasn't what's the one it's freak he doesn't like yeah he doesn't like freak he wants the he wants you and the team to embody saviors but he really doesn't want them to become monsters and he's not too sure about the fact that they all have these abilities that they didn't choose to have which is a little bit more in the freak spectrum yep. than it is in the savior spectrum they could become the next villains of Halcyon City if they don't have your guiding light that's all the fucking start at astronomy Why jokes you with him. <laughs> Why you need you to be their Polaris. Of all uh, the fucking sciences, why did you have to become a doctor of astronomy? <laughs> of all the of all the departments you chose, you chose stars. Salty, salty Better stars. Better than that asshole tiger lad <laughs> over in the fucking humanities. Who actually might have some real anthropo- uh, anthro... Uh, he's really tight with Spinal Man. Because <laughs> of his anthropology artwork that he works on. Sorry, D. Uh, <laughs> I really want uh, a friend of ours is a, 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 the official artist for the Royal Ontario Museum, uh, who draws art for like researchers when they put out stuff for like new dinosaurs that have been discovered or new information and and stuff through like not just dinosaurs but just a, a, ancient. Uh, 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 creatures and and she does all the artwork for him. If you're going through the museum, especially the anthropological areas, a lot of the art there is stuff she drew for the museum, which is amazing. Uh, I kind of wanted to draw Spinal Man. I want a commission yes. like from like a scientist no, to it's, draw it's, it's, like it's Spinal Man and then a really sad looking brontosaur. Oh, I, I, <laughs> I, I, and, and uh, I'll mention this in the debrief, Derek. If we ever return to the After the Bomb prehistoric world, I'm absolutely. I don't care how much it's going to cost me. I'm going to commission. The Royal Ontario Museum anthropological artist to draw for us on feathered dinosaurs, Mutor King of the Dinosaurs. So it's, <laughs> oh, and, good! The dinosaurs it, have feathers now. It Perfect. won't. It won't just be like any dinosaurs. They'll be scientifically accurate. I'm gonna have her on as like a science consultant for the show. Like we're gonna do like what Jurassic Park did in the '90s. We're gonna be as on point as we can be. So. They turned out to be totally awful. They didn't know that when they made the movie. At the time. For Terrible Warriors, I'm Justin Eacock. Uh, this has been the first episode of Masks. Uh, we went off the rails a little bit. We've been having a good time. I mean, this is kind of like you're, you're the flies on our wall. It's wonderful. And and I thank you for being here. Thanks a lot to our Patreon supporters for suggesting some really kick-ass names that we've already included. We'll work in others as we introduce other NPCs. But for now, a uh, big thanks to uh, Andrew Rempel, 
who uh, actually isn't I, 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 I marked that off on he, he'll, he'll, he'll be in the next episode I'm going to be bringing in uh, another name but uh, Stephen Prince and Jonathan Neeson as Spinal Man Anka and Dr. Apocalypse with another Jonathan Neeson suggestion uh, so uh, that's uh, we're going to have a we're going to have a good time for Terrible Warriors chapter 2 of Masks episode 1 I have been your director I'm scared Scotty is <laughs> oh, falling asleep sh- I've been your director <laughs> Justin Eacock, uh with my masks uh, around the table with the Nova Neon Blast. Played oh, by Scott. Know your Scott. Scott. Yeah, yeah, Scott. yeah, yeah. Scotty and uh, the uh, the Bull, our Enforcer, Bernard, and the Protege, Horizon Knight. There we go. We got it right that time. I'm Derek Bard really, from Chase the Muse. I've written it down. And the Edmonton crew. Cameo appearance in Toronto today. And yes, it's actually a lot of fun to have you here. And a lot of fun to have Shane here. And finally, rounding up our team, the Janus Obscura. Free poison. And until we meet again, keep your eyes to the skies, because this is not a bird. It's not a plane. It's just uh, apparently an orbital laser cannon that's actively, <laughs> a- inadvertently activated. And oh my god, it's get Obscura in the way she can probably absorb it. I was just trying probably. to turn off the alarm on my phone. <laughs> oh, I think we're going to go to space, guys. See you next week. Bye. <laughs> The Terrible Warriors as new episodes every Tuesdays and every Thursdays and return to us on Thursdays as we continue our journey through the strange. Last week, Derek's players, well, they redefined what it meant to go off the rails. So we have no idea where the next chapter is going to take us because, well, Derek had to completely make it up on the spot because that's what happens sometimes when your players decide to blow up the world you were playing in. Literally. And if you return to us on Tuesday, we're alternating with another campaign. A murder mystery in the city of Calypso. In the center, Stephen Prince lies dead. As four investigators must work to solve the crime. They know who did it now. But why? And how? There's only two more episodes to find out in Norlandia. And of course, you can stay up to date on all of our new campaigns that are coming out. We've already got most of our games figured out to the very end of the summer. We've got a very cool idea for July, but I'm not ready to announce it just yet. If you'd like a sneak peek, you can check it out at TerribleWarriors.com. Click on the Schedules button where you can see the future. And if you want to enjoy the past, you can go to our Adventures page where we have collected every campaign we have ever done available for you for free forever at terriblewarriors.com and if you like what you hear and you want to hear more and you want to hear us do more and better bring on more people into the show play a better variety of games take the show on the road well consider being a supporter at patreon.com slash terriblewarriors the money that you help donate to the show directly impacts what we can do on the show. We're not going anywhere, but we want to do more. We want to do better. And, well, you're a big part in that equation. So if you're already supporting us, thank you. Masks will return in two weeks' time as our new heroes and our new team hit the streets for a new adventure. But what happened to that other campaign? It might not be in their Halcyon City, but it's a fair assumption that ripples from another game will reach their own. Because as we're starting to learn in these games, everything's connected. Today's Terrible Warriors, Derek Burrow, 
Bree Poison, Scotty Bordas, Bernard, and Justin Eacock. And until we meet again, dear listener, thank you for listening, sharing, liking, reviewing. Thank you for playing games, for telling stories, and in doing so, being a terrible warrior. <laughs>